0: Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick a Side Podcast. My name is Joel Moran, and I'm here with Riven, and Andrew Velez, and this is now episode 108. We have a jam packed show today where we will be discussing Ben Simmons wanting out, the Lori Marketing trade, the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and more. For the football portion of the episode, we will talk about Cam Newton getting cut, how good Miami would be with Deshaun Watson, and give our predictions for the AFC North and South. And a quick Patreon shout out to Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Cat Stevens, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George Garcia, Hikari, Mateen, and Jay Aqua. This past month, people have been supporting our Patreon, and we appreciate it. And if you guys do support our Patreon, you can have access to our Discord server where Riv is in it, I'm in it, Drew is in it. We're always talking about a chat about the NBA or talks. NFL. What? Drew doesn't talk. He's that's Hollywood. Cap. Yeah,
1: what are you talking about?
0: I always talk in the chat. Riv always talks in the chat. You never
1: talk. That is cap. Hollywood I, cap. I talk when I'm trying to get the people into the fantasy football league. <laughs> oh, that's
0: a that's a great point. Exactly. And I, I almost forgot about it. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to get access to our fantasy football league, you get first dibs if you join our Patreon or you join via YouTube membership. Now on our channel, we have this button down below where you can join. And if you join it gives you three tiers, and every single tier has access to our Discord server. And if you join, you can be a part of our Fantasy Football League. How many spots are still open?
1: I think we have four spots remaining.
0: Four spots four remaining. Four spots. Okay. And Chippy. I'm trying to win a championship this
1: year. I You're think not. I'm going to win. I think you need to work on your team name before you can work you What's know your, what your team I'm? name? Zach Wilson. That's no, terrible. Zach Wilson is the GOAT. Oh. Oh, yeah. Can What's I your just, team name? Mine is Andrews Angels. Garbage. Andrews Angels, <laughs> garbage. Andrews Angels. That's Andrews
0: true. Angels. That's not that good. What was, What's your team name? Playoff
2: P.
1: Playoff. It's P. like you. What are you guys <laughs> going for? You guys are naming. Just, it's that's like, my. It's that's not my. Person, that's my, my moniker.
2: It's my. It's my favorite player's moniker. So I had to name it after him.
1: You gotta do. You could do it like.
2: Angel Andrew, Andrews Rivers no. Angels. That's what you wanted me to do.
1: I don't know something clever. It's like Playoff P is not clever. Because I'm gonna at all. lock it
2: down. You know, Playoff P it's no.
1: basketball we're like we're playing football
2: whatever maybe something about Jalen Hurts i don't want my name to be with jalen hurts <laughs> i don't Jaylen. know just
1: think of anything yeah. at team. least Zach wilson is andrews you know, angels i mean it's a team name what team my 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 squad they're andrews angels is <laughs> <laughs> it makes Clear sense. All right, well, you know where. a bunch. Zach Wilson is the goal.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, who, who, like, so what if it? I don't draft Zach Wilson? What if exactly. somebody drafts him?
1: I should just get you mad. If I know who's it. gonna draft, if I know someone in the league, I think he'll draft him.
0: I think I'm actually gonna win the league though. I'm good you, at fantasy. Do you really believe? Are that? you? I'm really good at fantasy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway. Well, when you lose, good luck, brother.
0: When you lose, I, I'm, if I don't win the league, I'm, I'm definitely going downing. like
2: you're double downing
0: a and two or whatever it is, whatever record you can have. I'm gonna have a great record. Great. I hope There's so. No doubt about it. So
2: that. you're gonna be the Green Bay Packers. Great record and you just don't win.
0: I mean, I guess, yeah, you can put it like that. But, yeah, if you guys uh, subscribe to our Patreon or you join as a YouTube member, not only can you get access to the Discord and you get access to asking us weekly questions, suggestions, we're trying to do something where when we get enough supporters uh, on Patreon and on the YouTube membership thing, we're going to do an episode that is only questions from you guys and, yep. you know, topic suggestions and we'll probably make that episode exclusive only to members and Patreon subscribers. So it gives it gives you guys a chance to connect with us on a deeper level, more than just, you know, two episodes a week. And also it helps us out a lot in trying to create the best content possible right now. We're trying to buy another mic for Drew and Riv. And get them matching with me right here. I got the Shure SM7B. Oh, they have great microphones too. You know, they it That's sounds not the great. way
2: you said it. You said it like we had some garbage. You
0: guys are poor.
1: <laughs> I'm superior. I have the Shure 55. Whatever you said. You know what's the
0: thing? Be- because I'm really into equipment stuff. Uh-huh. I can under. I can tell the difference between what's great and what's not. Oh, but for the average consumer and listener that isn't too deep into it. If they hear your mics and they listen, they'll be like, That sounds really professional.
2: So you're telling us we don't, basically. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. You guys are poor. (laughs) I'm I'm saying I'm saying that
0: if I didn't mention your mics were cheap, you wouldn't realize your mics were cheap.
1: Uh, I know, I know. I can tell your mic
2: is very above above and beyond. This is
1: gotta stand. This Uh, is the
0: this is the mic and uh on that they use on the Breakfast Club and on Joe Rogan.
1: Excuse us. So you're Angela Yee?
0: I'm Charlemagne the God. Oh.
1: <laughs> Who wants to be Charlemagne the God? He's a hilarious. I would want to be. Yeah, you God. think he's so? cool? Nice. Nah, cool. But I wouldn't want to be anybody. Want to be sniffing if seats if after J
0: Lo leaves? I would sniff J Lo's. Yeah,
3: you not. Know I mean. <laughs> if you're gonna pick one
0: person from the Breakfast Club between DJ Envy, Charlemagne, oh, and yeah, Angelique,
3: they're going
1: Charlemagne. Yeah, I guess Jesus. you have no choice. Because be DJ No DJ Envy. one. No Lee is cool. She just had a birthday bash. Whoa. I'm just we're guys. I guess. Yeah. But I'm not gonna disrespect them. Yeah, I Yee's wouldn't cool. want to be DJ. DJ is the last guy i nah, want Okay, I'll be honest. Charlemagne, Angela Yee, <laughs> very bottom of the list. <laughs> DJ Envy. <laughs> I'd rather be the chair than DJ Envy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the chairs are pretty comfortable, they look comfortable.
1: Yeah, I really haven't watched online to to know. Only the the stupid videos of them.
0: <laughs> There's been a lot of NBA stuff that has happened this week. It's crazy that when we talk about the NFL and NBA, those two leagues, the NBA, it feels like it never stops. All year round, there's news, there's stuff to talk about. With the NFL, there feels like there's an off period where there is nothing For sure. to talk about, which is why we've gained such a, a bigger fan base in talking about the NBA, because we haven't talked about the NFL in a while. But this past week, the three-team Lorry Market Trade, he gets traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers And at first glance, when I saw this trade, I was confused. I was like, why would Laurie go to Cleveland? That was the last place I thought he was going to. And then they paid him four years, $67 million, which made me scratch my head even more because they just paid Jared Allen. Five years, 100 mil, which means that they have $167 million tied into Jared Allen and Laurie Markinen, yet they refuse to pay Colin Sexton and they want to trade Colin Sexton who is their best player, a lot of dysfunctional stuff. What are your thoughts on this three-team trade, and how do you think it affects their recent draft pick in Evan Mobley, who was a third overall pick, who was supposed to be the starting forward? Do you think he's still going to start? Is he going to come off the bench with Kevin Love? How is Cleveland going to maneuver the situation now?
2: Well, you know, for starters, Portland, I think Portland got a good player. You know, Larry Dance Jr., I think he's a really solid player. You know, they lost Melo. Yeah, he's a really good defender. He's, he's a really good passer. Good. Yeah. You know, he's a good screen and roller. He's good for what he does. And I think losing Melo okay. you know, losing mellow and bringing in Larry Nance is definitely going to be good. It's going to help the defense cuz Portland is abysmal in the defensive end so I think that's going to help. I don't think it changes the nod for them. I think they're still going to be where they're going to be, but mm. nonetheless, it's still getting a good player. In this deal, and even for Chicago, you know I think this is an okay move. Just getting DJJ, another guy who brings that energy on the defensive end. You know he can come off the bench and he can play at a high level on defense. So I think for th- they also got a first round pick. Boom! But it's protected. I think Portland lottery make, protected. Yeah, I think Portland, Portland will make if the they're playoff.
0: a playoff team, it won't. You know you'll get that pick.
2: But I think you know for Cleveland, this is definitely it was confusing because you know Laurie was asking for that type of money, and a lot of teams weren't really throwing at him. Now you go to Cleveland in a position where you said 160 mil to the two guys but that's I think I believe over 200 mil to them two plus Kevin Love cuz Kevin Love is not True. he's not doing a buyout he wants all his money so th- those three guys that's 200 mil
0: 220 mil
2: oh, for those three you. guys yeah, two, 200 plus million dollars nice. to three yeah. guys and Lori is unproven Jared Allen is Jared Allen, and then Kevin Lugg is probably cooked right now. For Cleveland, at least, he's cooked at this point. So I think— You don't you know, think Laurie's good? Just question. No, I said unproven.
1: Okay, all right. He's
2: unproven. Yep. 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 And I think, you know, getting a franchise changer in Mobley, now you bring him into a fold where you have three big men, two of them who kind of play the same position as Mobley. Laurie's kind of built like Moby to kind of play the same way in a sense, kind of inside-outside bigs who like to shoot— Jared Allen, he has that defensive presence. Mobley, you could see that a little bit in Jared Allen, but I think you know their front court is log jammed right now, and I feel like they don't know what they're doing. Like you said, they refused to pay Colin Sexton, but they chose to pay Laurie Marketing and Jared Allen. I don't, I, I, don't know how that's gonna go. I think Jared Allen's probably gonna be traded, and they're probably gonna run Laurie Evan Mobley front court down the line. But I think you know right now Cleveland is just lost, and they're just doing moves just to bring in youth at this point.
1: I don't hate it as much as you guys. The way you guys <laughs> talked about it is like it's one of the worst moves you've ever seen. I just got to think that that he's making less than 20 million a season. And for a player that's already averaged 18 points in our league and just has an issue with staying healthy, that's that's the main reason why the Bulls decided to move off of him. He had he averaged 18 points. After that I want to say it was 15, but then this most recent year I want to say it was 13. 13. So I understand that he definitely has regressed in that sense, but he has been able to stay healthy. Now, I'm looking at it from their perspective. You lose Larry Nance, who offensively really didn't provide you much. I think he averaged nine points last season. But you mentioned he's a really solid defender, athletic, big man. And it's going to hurt losing him, but I don't think it's going to hurt too much given the fact that they have a guy like Mobley and that he's going to, to move into that position with ease, in my opinion. So then now by the Cavaliers going and investing in marketing, they really invested, what, 17, 16 million a season into into Laurie, something Well, or- 6
2: million on the, on the fourth year is, is only guaranteed, only 6 million of
1: it. So. so regardless of that, as a guy like Laurie, who has shown when he's healthy to be a pretty efficient ball scorer, a good shooter for his size, I don't hate the move, especially with the lineup that they're putting out there now. You have, in that that front court you have Mobley you have Jared Allen you have Caleb off the bench and now you have Laurie that that is a very firm group of guys and for Mobley I understand that like you said you know how does this play into how he's going to have a role on this team I don't think it impacts him at all I think Laurie's going to be a guy off the bench I think Mobley is still going to get a good chunk of the of the the minutes but Laurie's going to be a big piece for them off the bench and he's going to be someone that's going to try and 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 take advantage of the second unit cuz against first unit you know we saw that what he can do he's a, he's a pretty good scorer against second he unit, came off the bench i thought he was a starter for you guys at one point then he came uh, off the bench yeah you know, oh no for sure it's the fact that he couldn't stay healthy it was impossible to keep him in that constant starter position cuz you can't really get any kind of chemistry if you're not on the court for obvious reasons so i feel like there was not really a risk that they took here so that's why i don't hate the move when
0: talking about this move, contrary to the name of the show, Pick a Side, I'm going to be in the middle and give you guys different perspectives from each side. The reason why I didn't start in, in Chicago last year is because Thaddeus Sung was better. Thaddeus is a better player. And I think when talking about Larry Nance and Thad Young,
2: kind of the same they same are guy.
0: they are similar players. Lori Markinen, he can score. But the question is, are the Cavs getting 2018 Lori, which averaged close to 19 and nine rebounds, or are they getting lashed with Lori who played unmotivated and who can't play defense at all? Because Lori, we know he can be a floor spacer, but is that all he's going to be? That's my major question because he's an abysmal defender. For sure. Maybe Mobley can mask some of those deficiencies, but Laurie, that's why no team wanted to give him that much money because there are too many question marks. The reason why I don't like Lori off the bench is because if you have Allen and Mobley starting, that means your bench is Lori and Kevin Love. That sounds defensively abysmal. Yep. It sound, That's not what I want to do. So if I'm Cleveland, I'm looking at it from this perspective. I want Mobley or Allen at the 5, and I want Love or Lori starting at the 4. So I can have a combination of, Mobley and Love or Mobley and Laurie coming off the bench or Allen and Love and Allen and Laurie coming off the bench. If I were Cleveland, I would start Mobley. He is the third overall pick. Most people can say that he was the second best prospect in this draft in terms of potential and ceiling. He's the only freshman in college basketball history to have an above, to have a positive plus minus The other guys were Zion, were Tim Duncan, Anthony Davis. Davis. So Evan Mobley is in a list with all stars in that category. You have to start him day one. There's no doubt about it. I think you have to start him. That's why I think alluding to what you said, they probably do trade Jared Allen. But if they don't trade him, what's happened? I think there are a bunch of question marks. And that's why with Cleveland, I'm kind of having a hard time understanding this trade because... They pay two guys in in in, uh, in uh, Lurie and Allen, yet they refuse to pay Sexton. Yet Sexton has been on the trade block. I don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. But you can't deny that Cleveland does have talent, right? You have Garland, you have Sexton, you have Kuro you have Lurie, you have Mobley now, and you have a mix of veterans with Kevin Love, Rubio, and Osman. There is talent on this team. But I'm afraid to say that I think it's a bunch of Pieces that don't fit. They have the wrong pieces to a puzzle. Garland and Sexton, their play styles don't fit. Mobley and Allen, we haven't seen them play yet, but just off of how I know their play styles are, you can say they don't fit. The only guys that play styles fit on the team are Lori and Mobley. They can fit together pretty well. And Akuro is kind of floating. He's a floater. You're not sure what he's going to be yet. He's just floating around. That's why I'm not too high on this trade. You know, Lori has potential. Is he going to achieve it? I'm not sure. Because last year, one of the biggest knocks on him was that he played unmot- unmotivated. He played lazy. He didn't give effort. And now that he just got paid and got a bag, is he going to do the same thing? I mean, last year was a contract year for him, basically. I'm not sure. As for Portland, I think Larry Nance was huge. I think Larry Nance is a better player than Warren Markkinen. I do. And... Last year, Cleveland's defense was so good because Larry Nance was so versatile on the defensive side of the floor. He's a good roller. He shoots 36% from three. Larry Nance is a good player. And if I'm Portland, I'm starting Larry Nance. You have to. I'm starting Covington, Nance, and Nurkic. And that's my front court and Damon C.J. in the back I didn't like
2: Covington at the four. I I never really liked that move. I feel like Nance definitely fills that role at the four defensively for them. For sure.
0: And and Portland... With CJ and Dame, they need players that can defend around them. I think Covington and Nance, they bring that. Nurkic as a rim protector, he brings that. I think they'll be better in their bench with Norman Powell. He can have a Jordan Clarkson-esque role. He's been averaging 15 the last two seasons. Norman Powell, he just likes to get his shot off, and I think getting Nance allows them to move away from a Norman Powell starting lineup where you're— where C.J. Dame and Powell are all under 6'4".
3: Mm.
0: You have no size to defend. You know, Powell is a good defender, too but small. he's too small. So mm-hmm. I think this gives them leeway to have a taller guy. And Portland said they're all in on building around Dame, so let's see if they make other moves. And from Chicago standpoint, look, well, Derrick Jones Jr., he, he's a good dude off the bench. I think Portland paid him last year because they wanted to use him as a defensive stopper, but... You can only play him in spurts because his jump shot is unreliable. And Derrick Jones Jr. in Chicago coming off the bench with Kobe White, Caruso, I think that's a start to something. Mm -hmm. But what I like about this trade most is that they got a first-round pick and also a second-round pick from From Cleveland, but it's via Denver. I like the first-round pick because you gave up three to get Vucevic and DeRozan. Now he just got one back. And that's a start. It shows that AK, even though he gave up assets to get He's all-stars. He's getting assets back. So he's building up that chest. He's trying to plan for the future while trying to win now. and I, I like that. I like what AK's doing. He's doing a great job. He's from CN Hall. You know he's going to do a great job, man.
2: Yeah, Shout out to my, the My probably. only thing is with Laurie, you know, you like you said, he played with no confidence last year. He played lazy. But I, a lot of that was really Jim Bowling, man. A lot of – like Jim Bolin, I feel like, stole the confidence out of Laurie. You know, and I think – yeah, whatever his name is. He's terrible. But he <laughs> stole the confidence out of Laurie. And that's what—that's another thing that, you know, do you trust in Cleveland's coaching staff? Do you trust in their player development to get Laurie back to that guy he was his rookie season? You know, do, can you get him back to being that player, back to his rising to his potential, you know, being that floor? You know, he's projected to be the next Porzingis, you know, before Porzingis, you know, was, obviously and, and and what
0: pre, he is. Pre-draft, I saw Laurie's tape and I said, I remember this vividly because – this was when I was still in high school, and I was in I was in a calculus class, and I was failing. So I was I used to sit in the back. <laughs> My teacher used to tell me, "Look, if you have to come to class, just sit in the back. You can do what you want to do." I said, "Okay." So I went to the back. I used to just you know scout college players. Laurie Markin, when I first saw him in his game, I said, "This guy is Porzingis. He's going to be really good at the next level." And for the first couple of years, I was right. You know, fifteen is rookie year, then he averaged eighteen in twenty eighteen. He was good. If he can get back to that there's a chance that the Cavs found a, a dominant in the rough. But that's a big question mark. Because I think him, I think yeah,
2: him and Mobley would really fit together if yeah, Lurie to get back fit. to that rookie, second-year type of guy, that floor space. It, them two will fit seamlessly because Mobley can play inside and out and Laurie can stretch the It's just defensively. Laurie is really bad
1: at that. Like he's Kevin Love-like. So you were asking about the context and you know, the rumors behind him getting traded. I think I understand that a little bit because free agents aren't coming to Cleveland. That's that's a unknown fact. It, it really doesn't happen. Even when LeBron was there, no big free agents came and joined him. Now I'm thinking that they're thinking long term. They don't think that Colin Sexton's going to be the guy to win them a piece, but they know that you know people value Colin Sexton's talent, and you know you could probably get a decent amount for him at this time. Now, if you're not getting free agents, you need to get it somewhere else. And we saw at Memphis how you know they've made a good portion of their moves through the draft, and it's it's worked out. To to a certain degree, do you think that they're gonna try and take that same approach?
0: The the reason why I don't think so is because for one, when you talk about Colin Sexton, I don't think he's valued around the league. I don't, and, and the reason why Cleveland didn't move him is because all of the offers they got were,
3: Lock you know, pennies there.
0: on a dollar. For for example, the, the Knicks offer was OB Top and Kevin Knox and two firsts mm. for Colin Sexton. That's not a great deal for a guy who's averaging 25 points per game. I know that free agents don't go to Cleveland, but Collins Sexton is their best
1: player. For sure.
0: And there's no doubt about it. One day is Darius Garland going to be better. I think so. I believe so, because Darius Garland, I think, has a chance to be special. One of the top point guards in this league. I think a top 10 point guard in this league for sure. He reminds me of a Kimball Walker. Kind of a Kimball Walker. I think he gets to that point. (laughs) But Colin Sexton right now, you got to still stick with him. And the fact that you pay Lori, you paid Jared Allen doesn't sit with me, doesn't sit right with me because Colin Sexton is left high and dry. Kevin Love has two more years on his deal where he's getting paid 30 million each year. If Cleveland has two hundred and twenty million dollars invested into Laurie, Kevin Love and Mobley. Where is Colin Sexton going to get paid from? Mm. Is Cleveland going to pay him or are they going to let him walk?
1: would you give him the contract that he's probably asking for right now, and do you think he's worth that contract?
0: If I'm Cleveland and I just gave Jared Allen twenty million a year, I have no problem giving Colin sexton twenty five to twenty eight million a year, okay? I have no problem with that, okay. Well once we talk about <laughs> 30 and, like, 35 million. That's okay. that's probably
1: what he's asking for. Yeah.
0: Okay. When in that territory, I get it.
2: Colin's going to use that. Of course. And like yeah. He's going to walk in like, yo, bro, you just paid Jared Allen. Like, not even... You just paid Lori about 16, 17. You paid Jared 20. Colin is better than both of those guys significantly. Oh, you got Combined. Give him, yeah, no yeah no you got to give him about 25 million. And that's okay because at the position you're in right now, you know, your team is young. Darius is young. Okorah is young. Sexton is young. Like for You sure. have a young team, so yep. you can still see where this goes but you know on Colin's sake it looks like the player he's go- he is now is probably what he's gonna be in the next couple of years
1: you, you know? think so yeah I f- feel like he still has to add playmaking to that and I think that he can do that so I don't think that I feel like but, that statement's fully I feel like he'll just be a CJ okay and would you be upset with that it depends if Garland's a dame do you think Garland's a dame yeah, so, do you think a CJ what I mean by that is like yeah, like saying. more just like a
2: scoring two in this league. Like he doesn't he's he's known around the league. He, we know who he is, but he isn't going to be that all star. I personally paper. think he's
0: more Monte Ellis. That's
2: that's not that's better than CJ. You, I know. Yeah. I think
0: he's better than CJ though. I think that's, Colin is better than CJ.
2: Well, I mean. You know that's hard to say because we've seen CJ in high stakes moments and in playoff series. I was going to say like, I don't think he's better uh, than yeah. CJ
1: yet. I think he can be,
3: better but I mean than he can CJ be that for, sure.
2: for 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 Garland because I feel like they're really waiting for Garland to be that point guard, and I feel like if you can be a CJ, if he Colin can be that CJ next to Garland, and Garland can be that type of point, like you said, a top ten point guard in the league, and then you got the, the generational Mobley, and then I think Colin they'll be fine with Colin Sexton. But it's just it really, I think. It really depends on what Mobley and Garland are going to be. Yep, For and sure. of course Okora, they're they mm-hmm. expecting him to be like locked down. That was you. I love Okora. I love uh-huh. him.
1: He's, he was good. He was Rookie. all right. He's, he's more good. of a
2: two because he's small. He's like six six. That's but-
1: why if,
0: if they, if, that's why I think if Okoro can ascend this year, it's easier to move off of Sexton. Mm. Yep. Because I don't think Okoro is a natural three. That's why I think their best lineup would have been you know drafting Kaminga and having him be the three, but then the spacing on that team with Garland, DeCuro, and Caminiti. Garland would have had to be, he been. He was double teamed,
1: and not yeah. and not having Mobley would have been tough. Yeah, not. But it. if you got
0: Laurie and Stop. Allen, you know. Stop. I'm not saying I'm oh, not I'll saying that, but I'm saying, saying from their perspective, yeah. I mean, you have those positions filled. I mean,
2: look, they got two years of Kevin Love, so you know.
0: And Kevin Love said he doesn't want to be bought out.
2: Yeah, so you and know he's he's going to get that. Bright. This year is coming up. You know, after you got one more year, and then. You know. And why would he? Because you don't think they try
1: and trade him to get rid of the contract? No, he's he's trade untradeable. He is untradeable right now. Yeah, you're right.
0: And the thing with with Kevin Love is that, man, this is the last payday. You know, after that's why he don't want to do. Yeah, a buyout. if you if you don't if you're not getting this bread from Cleveland, thirty mil a year. I mean, what is Kevin Love getting? Five mil at most a year, ten mil at most. At minimum, yeah, yeah. One maybe. day we have to do a topic on what happened to Kevin Love because I think his LeBron. career has been a
1: roller coaster. LeBron. That, that's an easy answer.
2: LeBron.
3: <laughs>
1: like, yeah, because, you know, he got too many high LeBron and Draymond moments. Green. Yeah, that's what I would say. LeBron
2: and Draymond all. Green is what happened. Yeah, Draymond Green Lowe's. had him in
1: hell. Yeah. Poor guy.
0: I don't know. I'm going to blame it on Kevin Love because he didn't turn back to what he used to be well, after he was, LeBron he, left. Um, he was talking about it. Because at
1: least Bosh showed flashes and was.
2: Well, Kevin Love was talking about it on um, the shop. He was very depressed and he was going through extreme anxiety. So it was a, a lot of that being, you know. In this situation, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah,
1: when you're in the finals every year, and the spotlight's always on your play. You're, you know, when you when you
2: when you come from averaging twenty five and thirteen, and you get reverted to a spot up shooter as a
1: big, it's kind of like annoying, you know. He definitely was used more as a spot up shooter than he was in Minnesota, but it wasn't as if we just threw him in the corner and said you're not going to get any work down low. That's not that's not true. Go, sure, go look kind of did do that. Look, definitely did that. Go look at the finals. There was moments. Okay, you can talk about seven
2: games. Let's talk about the totality of a season. He was definitely reverted to doing that.
1: I, I'm like I'm saying, he definitely was asked to be more of that's a, annoying, a yeah. for sure. But I'm saying there were definitely moments, and where he hates just, playing with Colin Sexton. Which I understand because he's not passing the rock. But then again, would you pass <laughs> Kevin Love the rock right now or be Colin Sexton and get the bucky yourself? It depends. I think Maybe I would. If Kevin Love is wide open. Oh, if he's wide open, but we've seen him wide open and miss. Okay, that's fair. Colin Sexton is one of the best young players in the game right now,
0: he's not even top 10. Might not be
1: no, I agree. Yeah. But he's he one of the top he's top one top of the best young players be, in the league. Might not be tough Okay, that's fine. He's still it's, one of the best young players in the league. If you're like, come on, bro. We just said 15. <laughs> These All right, work. excuse me. One of the better young players. That's what I was going Okay, say. yeah, that's okay. Fair. That's fair.
0: That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of Y'all the best is the like nitpick. one, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah, like top
1: ten, like you you, you touching, you know what yeah. I'm All saying? All right, whatever you guys want to say. Fine, <laughs> I'm cool with it.
0: Getting Laurie was kind of just getting a younger Kevin Love, but at this stage in his career. Mm.
1: You know, Kevin Love is all right defensively. Lori's bad defensively. I mean, Kevin Love
0: uh, has flashes yeah, yeah, man, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. finals, yeah. but in, in sadly, no, he's a horrible
1: no. defender. Oh, no, I agree. He's a walking cone. Yeah. Now, at this point in his career, for sure.
0: Lori Markkinen was one of the better power forwards. I'll say the best power forward on the free agent market this past free agency. I think the second one is still available. His name is Paul Millsap, and Drew is not enthusiastic at all about this topic because he doesn't like Paul Millsap. Because uh, he embarrassed LeBron before. When? now I'm playing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say.
0: He's not enthusiastic at all about this topic, but there are teams that are interested in Paul Millsap and what he can bring to their team. The four teams that are interested in getting him are the Warriors, the Nets, Chicago, and the Clippers. In your opinion, what team do you think fits Paul Millsap the best and which team can he contribute to the most?
2: Got to be my guys, man. It's got. It's got to be the Bulls. You know, I think both questions. What was the first question? Contribute more
0: and fit
1: best fit.
2: Oh well, contribute more. I, I feel like the Clippers already have that in Nicholas platoon They already have kind of like a Paul Millsap type guy. Okay. And Marcus Morris is there too. So I don't fit. He would be a good fit, but I don't think he would get you know a lot of minutes there. And then you know, what was the two teams you mentioned? Bulls, Nets, the Nets, Warriors, and the Nets. Bench. You know. I don't know. I feel like the Nets with Claxton, B G, you know, they just got James Johnson. I mean, he can definitely be used, but I don't really think like he'd be a good fit, but I don't think they need him right now. So I really think that my boys, you know, Chicago, we need we need a guy like that. Somebody with veteranship, some leadership. You know, he has intangibles that couldn't be used. He can teach guy he's been in deep playoff runs, he's been to the ECF, he's been to, you know, the WCF. He's been in the playoffs for a long time He's, he's been battle on, tested battle he's been on 60 win teams with the Hawks he's been in all-star game so he you know he has a lot of knowledge that he could bring to that game and plus like you you named our bench before Kobe White Alex Caruso DJJ Tony Bradley and another guy that I, I Troy I, Brown Jr. oh my god Troy Brown Jr. I think you know we can get Paul Millsap and he can be one of those guys that come off the bench and still you know he's a good passer he's a good shooter He's a good defender. He's a good rebounder. So you get somebody like that that can, that's a bit of a jack of all trades. Chicago, man. Best fit. Best place, man. Easily.
1: I'm surprised you didn't say the Warriors. Because that's what uh, i I'm feel like thinking.
2: Kuminga and Moses Moody. and then. But
0: I think he would be the small ball five there and replace Kevon Looney. That's what Kayvon I'm thinking
1: too. And defensively. You take a start over Kevon Looney? No. I, don't Whoa. Know. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. He, Stop.
0: I wouldn't. I would have no problem with him starting over Kevon Looney. That
1: I, I agree with. That sense got to watch Kevon. Exactly. Come on, right. man! Stop it. Kevon actually is defensively solid. he's better. Yeah. Than he's Millsap not better right now. than Millsap. No, I'm saying defensively. No, he is not. You're crazy. No, he's not. Millsap's pretty nice defensively though. No, nice defensively, though. You're too, you're, come on! Bro. I'm not saying he's. I mean, oh, it's, I, I, we're talking it's about Kevon Looney right now.
2: Kevon Looney's not bad. He's just serious. Uh, I watched the Warriors.
0: Kevon Looney's like six nine. Millsap is six seven. Millsap is six seven, but he can shoot three ball. That's fair. But I'll say, even off the bench, you could start Wiseman again. See, you know so you if have Wiseman
2: together. and then you have Kavon Looney. They're not losing. They're not going to give Kavon Looney's minutes to anybody but Wiseman. Like, yeah. I'm not if even trying to be funny. If Wiseman
0: starts and Millsap is off the bench, small ball five, and Kavon Looney doesn't get burned, I'd be fine but with that. I don't that. think the I, Warriors I'm saying
2: the Warriors either. will not. Kerr is going to play Kevon. They've Kavon been loyal Looney. to Kavon for yeah, years gonna now. He's going to play. Come on, bro. They started him last year. <laughs>
1: like, he's going to play. All right, so then, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think Paul Millsap would have been a firm, would be a firm pickup for the Warriors. Fit wise, probably get the most burn out of all the. I feel like you probably get burn on the Bulls too. Definitely not the Nets, but for the Warrior's sake, their big thing, other than obviously being the best shooting team in the league, is defense. Paul Millsap is a solid defender. I I, I want to say a few years ago he had a defensive rating of 102 something like that. That's pretty amazing. It's tough, especially in this era, it's and tough. especially that you have Draymond on that squad. Like you mentioned, Kevon Looney is solid defender. You just add to that front court with Paul Millsap, who can stretch the floor, shoot the three, which only plays into exactly what the Warriors do as a squad. I just feel like they already have that in JTA. I agree, but Millsap is definitely more proven, and has the it, experience, it, it, would gotta, allow a guy like him to, to, you, think to about learn you more you about the want, game, too. The bench would be
2: Kaminga, Moody, Moody, Poole, Millsap, JTA, and Looney. That's not horrible. Do you, do you rush out a five-man of Poole, Moody... Let's say Cuminga, he's gonna play, and then JTA Millsap. You gotta stop. I'm right? not saying Millsap we is didn't bad. Say Otto right? Porter either. Otto Porter would probably Another start. One. No,
0: you gotta, you gotta you stop. Because Clay's stop. not coming
2: back until Christmas. I don't know about that. You yeah. gotta
0: stop with this JTA and Looney are playing over Millsap. That's Paul Millsap.
2: No, Looney is gonna play. No, I'm not saying play. Looney is going to play. He's gonna play. You can say whatever you want. No, Looney's gonna, gonna play. Looney yes. is gonna play. Yes. JTA has earned his spot where he's gonna play too.
1: I'm not saying over Millsap. If
0: Millsap gets there, but that, that front spot court is, is terrible. But he's a
1: better he's a better Toscano Anderson. No, he's he's better. But I'm that's better. what I'm saying. So why wouldn't you take Millsap especially the guy who could make Toscano also better just be in but the locker. room?
0: I, I agree that I think the Warriors do have a loaded front court because if Millsap gets there, now you're taking minutes away from either Kaminga or Porter. Be elite is there too. You know what is he going to do? I'm not quite too sure. Chicago you're right. I think that, you know, he can improve their bench a lot. It Will it be enough to be better than what the Knicks have going on? No. Nah. It won't be enough. But they'll be when, much when's improved. When's that bet
1: dropping? When's that bet dropping? Who finishes higher seating? Bulls or Knicks? We didn't even discuss that bet yet. <laughs> it's on, we were talking That's about on, to be a topic soon, too. We're
0: focused on the Hawks right now. Yeah. I think Millsap Ooh. would help them. You know, Kobe White, Millsap, I think are pretty cool. I think Caruso's not that good, man. I'm just gonna be honest. I think he's okay,
2: but <laughs> he went from not that good.
0: <laughs> he is not that good, man. If he's your backup point Bad guard, take. I think you need to reconsider who you guys. W- you guys won
2: 40 plus games with Alfred Payton. We'll be fine, bro. Yeah,
1: and and, and we'll be Caruso fine. is. Eon's
3: better
1: yeah, than we'll Alfred be Payton. I don't know eyes. if it's Eon's better. Eon's just oh, no, no, crazy. He is. He's better, but Eon's just a He's is better. better. Wow. Nah, I'm, I'm sorry. Alfred Payton could be out of the league next season. He's trapped.
0: He's on the Suns. Really?
1: Yeah. How, how much burn is he going to get on the Suns? See, I'm
0: not sure, but I'm okay. saying he's on the Suns.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm saying that Caruso, he, he, come on, man. He's mediocre. He, he
1: benefited off of LeBron.
0: Not that he benefited. I just think he's mediocre. You know, I know he's become this uh, meme and this. Uh, Fan favorite, but in all honesty, he's an average player. He's probably below average, honestly. Love your career. He's he's a he's not a starting point guard and below average backup, in my opinion. Below
2: average. Below average backup. Yeah, God damn. Bad. Is he better than DJ Augustine? He's better than Alfred Payton. <laughs> you started him. Like, stop <laughs> doing that. DJ
0: Augustine's a backup. Is he bet is is hold up. Okay, go ahead. What is Corey Joseph in the NBA?
2: A backup point guard. Is
0: he a good backup point guard? He's okay. He's okay.
2: Is Caruso better than Al? Is Caruso better than Corey Joseph? They're probably on the same level. Caruso's so? a little bit better, maybe because no, of I
0: think Corey Joseph is better.
2: Why? <laughs> yeah,
1: why? Please. That's a really good he's question. He's a better playmaker and he can shoot better. Okay, the Cruiser's a
2: better defender. That's where, that's where his. not a bad defender. Joseph's either. not a
0: bad defender, though.
2: But Cruiser's better. Caruso he's a good pass. Nice why do person. y'all
0: think he's like lockup, bro? He's, he's not a, lockup. He's
2: a, he's a better defender to Corey he, Maybe slightly,
0: but he's not lockup, oh my bro. So I'm just saying. What
1: did the do to you?
0: didn't do nothing. <laughs> but is I, I think he was think on the list over RJ. He's just so overhyped. Yeah, it's definitely his. He's so overhyped. He's so overhyped. I would like that for Chicago, but. I'm really upset at what you guys said about the Nets. You guys brushed off the Nets. Like, you brushed them off. You brushed them off completely when you said that you don't think he's going to get burned on the Nets. Why? Why wouldn't he get burned on the
1: Nets? Because then Claxton gets thrown to the side, and that's all Nets fans have been talking about is Claxton is a double down on that. If, if
0: Claxton—why if Claxton, would Claxton get thrown to the side,
1: though? Because then who else— is I Blake down. getting t- tossed to the side? I no, obviously. Blake, Blake
0: can be the four. or KD plays five the four either. too, though. There, but KD can play the three though.
2: But he—he's pro- he most likely you know playing KD's the four. We know KD is
0: interchangeable. But okay, who—who's the Nets' backup centers, though?
2: Let me see. Let me see. Let's see. Okay, so Kyrie. Let's say Harden. No, let's
0: not even talk about them. Let's just talk about the front court. DeAndre Jordan. Everybody talking about buying him out. So Claxton, so
2: Clax, The guys are getting him into so Claxton So BG, right now, KD. the
0: right now the centers are Blake Claxton, Dayron Sharp. DeAndre Jordan, and at the four spot, you know you got KD, but behind KD is who? BG, Alize, Alize Johnson, James Johnson, James Johnson, Kessler Edwards, Raquan Gray, Cam's a three, it, it's I'm a assuming. bunch of Cam's a Cam's three, two. Ooh, Cam's Cam's a two, Cam Thomas is two, he's two. Like he's two. Like okay, six two, he, no, he's six man. four, bro, he's six four, he's, six. he's six four, okay.
2: he's, not six four.
0: Okay. he's not six four, yes he is six four, he's not six four, search it up, Drew, is Come he on. six four? Or yes, he's six, four he's still, he seems so little. Come on, man, he saw it in James Bucknight.
2: James is 6'5", bro.
0: Oh yeah, he's not <laughs> But I'm just saying, with the Nets, I think Paul Millsap is the perfect Nets player in terms of he can be their small ball five. He Six can five. be there for. Oh, okay,
2: you mean you mean perfect Nets fair as in opposed to like just a guy who can go. I mean, we and do know nothing? we
0: know that Paul Millsap. He's a great defender. He can shoot the ball with the Nets. I, I think he's a better defender than Blake. So if he goes to the Nets, he can be that small ball five. And even if you place him at the four, if you have a lineup out there so of if he's Kyrie. So if a small
2: ball five, where is Claxton going to be? Because BG is a small ball five.
0: I mean, the other day on this podcast, you told me that you don't think Claxton is starting. But,
2: my point but I'm is, talking but to you, believe, though. You, exactly, you, believe you believe that. You Claxton's so nice. So to you. I think I'm not Claxton, saying he's not good, I think Claxton but... is good. So this is year three. When
0: like, wh- I think Claxton is good. But we, but we all side. know that the Nets closing lineup isn't going to feature Claxton. They're going to feature a guy who can space the floor. I agree. Which is why Blake plays a five. But if you have Millsap, now you can have Kyrie, KD, Harden. So basically Harden, just plug in
2: Millsap and Yeah,
0: Millsap and Blake, because you know Joe Harris disappears in late game moments. You can have that lineup. And Blake Griffin, he's not known to be the most durable guy throughout his career. Sure. So having Paul Millsap there is perfect. I think he's the perfect Nets player. You can plug him in. And I'll be honest, I like Blake Griffin, but I'm not comfortable with him starting at the five. That's why I would start
2: why Claxton. Why not comfortable?
0: I'm just not comfortable with him starting at the 5. In
2: in terms of in the East?
0: I just think think that off the bench, he's much better. I think he's much better off the bench. I'm more comfortable with starting Millsap than Blake because I think I get more defense with Millsap, and he's a better—he's not much of a rim protector, but he does get vertical at times, you know, but he's definitely an upgrade over Blake because Blake has small arms, so he can't contest shots as well as Millsap, and even though Blake shot well last year from 3, I trust— Millsap's track record from three more than I do. I mean,
2: Gigi guarded Giannis for the, pretty well for the most part. Uh yeah. for the first two games and uh, then uh, Millsap won't say do. That. Is Millsap really going to do better?
0: Yeah. He'll do better. Well, yeah, he will do better.
2: What's better? But he's old. He is old. He's thirty six. <laughs> yeah, he's old. That's like wait. Why'd you say the age like it was going to be young or something?
0: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're telling me he's old when You're the, the top the top ten <laughs> oldest players in the league are on the Lakers.
2: I, I knew you were gonna do that. There's You're like, there's like, we were there's like
0: five of the t- there's like five, 10 five of ten Lakers that are yep. thirty that are I like on top that, ten baby. oldest in the league. Go.
2: It's gonna be, you know.
0: I'm just saying, I think Chicago's a good a good place, but I think the best team that he can contribute the most to is the Nets. I really do think, think in that. In terms
2: of what though, I feel like he's gonna get more burn with us. I would to get more burn with you? We don't have a bench big You don't
0: you don't think that Millsap exactly. can be the Nets six man.
2: No, because no. I think Joe Harris would be. Yep. If he starts, because right right now right now their
0: projected starter lineup is so line Harden, Kyrie, Harris, KD, Blake.
2: So then you got Mills on so the bench mm-hmm. and then, uh, Millsap. So Mills, it'll be the Millsap, same like us.
0: Claxton. Yeah. Okay. But Bruce I Brown. but I do Bruce Brown, but I don't think Bruce Brown is getting that six man role because we know Bruce Brown is in the playoffs. He did have that six man role. He started for them.
2: Did he really? Yeah. You told us Joe wasn't going to start. You did. Don't, don't talk. I did say yeah, that don't, because
0: don't, don't. I, I wouldn't start Joe because I think Bruce <laughs> Brown is, is better defensively. I think they started Bruce Brown at the 5 in the playoffs. I okay. could be wrong it, about that. Okay. I believe they did. Yeah, they started Bruce Brown at the 5.
2: Which is terrible.
0: Which is why I think they need a big man. We know that the Nets, their problem all year long was, was a big man. And even though Millsap is not 7-foot, yeah. I think he can fill that small ball role, and that would be an upgrade. And I, I'm hoping that Claxton... Develops in his third year he adds more why muscle you because they even though I think Blake and
2: Millsap are small wait 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 fives, but why are you hoping because that, I that, want that, the chip. oh okay okay. I just wanted to get that out oh okay yes, I wanted I do. to make that be very known yes, I do. to the media why are you hoping okay. yeah
0: cause I'm a James Harden fan that's my favorite guy it, just, my I just, favorite wanted <laughs> <fans are screaming.
1: laughs> just wanted to make that be known all the Knicks fans are screaming just wanted to make that be if you've been screaming. listening to this podcast you
0: know that I've been saying this for a while I mean James Harden is my guy <laughs> He's my guy.
2: Is he your guy over the Knicks? Like, if it's Harden or the Knicks, who are you taking?
0: If the Knicks are championship contenders, if they're both no, champions, they're no, both champions the who are you taking? The are
1: playing the Knicks in the Eastern Conference finals. Who are you taking? Who are you rooting for right now? Give me an answer. <laughs> this is enough for me to. Um, I, you don't even have to say a word. The fact that you're thinking about it, me is James Harden. This. I'm rooting
0: for James Harden. I know Oh,
1: my God. You're not rooting even for James an, Harden. Oh, my God. Oh, that's no tough. way. I'm rooting for James Harden. How could you do that? To New York because it's James Harden.
0: <laughs> that's my guy. That's my guy. In New York, that's my guy. I respect it. Yeah, that's my guy. I respect it. I've been through. The only thing back I
1: respect is the Harden. honesty. Now, I respect that's
2: it. Is it. James guy.
0: I've been I've been wanting Harden to win the ring, you know, for a while, man. So that's my guy.
2: I respect it. You got, you ask me Bulls or Steph. I'm three hundred sixty five days. You know who I'm taking. So it's not, <laughs> even, it's not even a question. It's not even a question. I respect it. You, you got to go with your guy.
1: Fair enough. Fair I think enough.
0: last year the Nets' biggest problem was having a big man, which is why I think it's, it's crucial that Claxton develops into a defensive presence because even though Millsap and Blake
2: they don't have the size. and
0: Bruce Brown are fine as small ball fives, you need somebody who can actually be a defensive stopper, who can be an intimidating force down low. You you see six six Millsap you're not that scared of going to the basket and just trying to take it on him, especially at thirty six you probably think you could dunk dunk on him
2: honestly facts
0: so you're not that scared yeah, of be it honest. with Claxton you're thinking about it twice because he does he's like seven foot he has long arms he is uh, skinny right now but I think this offseason he's he's added some muscle so I'm hoping he comes back better man I think the Nets <laughs> are the best team that Millsap can go to. And I would love to see it because I think the Nets should be favorites to so win the championship.
2: What, which, what's your? They are actually favorites to Plus two forty, and then you guys coming in three fifty. Okay, so that's, right. not good value favorite. enough yet. No, that's great. You know, you, you, you two are the favorites. So when you don't make it and when you lose, I'm gonna laugh at you, and I'm gonna laugh at you. Who would beat the Nets? Well, you're gonna get hurt again. So that's just that's <laughs> gonna happen and again. I mean,
0: you you all right, okay? Yeah, and then you Thanks guys,
2: we're gonna beat y'all. So who's we? W. Oh my Dang. God, man. We're going to beat you guys. So. No, you're not. So put in order real quick, Jisaka. You know, best fit for Millsab. You got Nets. I think it's Nets. I think it's
0: Bulls, Warriors three, and last is a Clippers because I think the Clippers, like you said, Morris, Batum. I'm forgetting one more guy, but I know that he's there. Let me try team to see.
2: is still there? Talk about Team Man? I thought man I'm talking about Abaca. Oh, okay. Zibaca, yeah. A, in B- in B- and, B- and I think
0: once Kawhi comes back, now that forward spot gets very slim. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the Clippers, I think, need as much help as they can get right now. Because without Kawhi in this loaded West, mm. don't be surprised if by Christmas they're not in the playoff race. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if by by the all star break my, 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 they're my, not in the playoff my race. I'm not
2: worried because by the end of the play the regular season, they'll be fifth, sixth seed.
0: That's expect. That's you expecting Kawhi's going to come back no, off
2: that. I'm not ACL. expecting Kawhi to come back. Kawhi's I expect him to be there for the playoffs while we'll be in at the 5th, 6th. If
1: Paul George yeah. doesn't make the playoffs, bro, just know people are going to be on him. They're going to be he on him if he, if he makes it. And so
0: Reggie Jackson has been injury prone. He's a starting point. Listen, guard. I gave.
1: No, BG I'm saying people, credit. though, in general, okay, they're
2: going to be on I him. I gave him his credit. Be on but him that's f- f-
1: You're right. Yeah, so.
2: Okay. So we, you, have, and you have Warriors. I think I
1: have Warriors. I'd go Bulls, and then I'd go Nets. Cool.
2: So we're all in agreement. Clips is dead last.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, Clippers, are, Clippers. are last. Sorry, as long as
2: we're in agreement there.
0: Ben Simmons today, there was a report that came out that he is not going to report for the 76ers training camp. And I know before the podcast, Riv was upset about it because these athletes can just choose when to not go to work and still get paid for it. What, was, what, what did you say exactly? That's
3: literally what yeah, I said. And verbatim. That's, <laughs> <what you laughs> that's exactly what I and said. And that's
0: why you're pissed off about it. And And, and Ben Simmons, to this point, I mean... He's playing the victim right now I think in this situation when he's the guy that himself did not get better. I think the fan base is annoyed by his lack of a desire to get better at least at jump shooting. And I think they, you know, they have some um I think they're right to believe that. Then again, I do think it's a it's a case of fan entitlement because I think fans kind of go overboard sometimes like the mess situation with uh with Baez and Lindor? Yep. Uh-huh. You know, how do you feel yep. about that? I'm just curious.
1: I'm with the players because you know what? I'm with the players I'm too. with the players. I get it. The fans are, have been brutal all season long. So you know what? There's finally players that are giving you know, them a taste of their own medicine. But at the same time, they're professionals. You need to understand that booing is a part of the game. You you can't just go into the media and say, yeah, we're booing them back. <laughs> you do it in silence. You just say, ah, that's between me and the team. And you keep it going. The Mets started losing, right? Losing, that's an understatement, bruv. They've been trash. It was in the playoffs, but they won today. Actually, right after all this happened, it was but that's crazy why, like too. in
0: some situations, I'm with the players because I think fans can be brutal, For sure. And you can't expect players to 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 have a mentality of where okay, you boo me, and you were saying you hate me, and you're throwing all this negativity at me. Then when I finally play good. You want to love me again. Yep. You know, as a player, you can't expect these guys to just take that. You know, at some point you're like, you know what? F these fans. You know, I'm, I'm gonna play good for myself. If these fans like me, cool. But at the end of the day, F these fans because they're fickle. They're not riding with me if we're bad and we're good, you know. But on to this Ben Simmons thing. It has been reported that he is interested in playing for three California teams. I'm guessing that's the that's the Warriors the Clippers. Sacramento Kings or the Clippers and maybe the Clippers or the Lakers, or it could be the Lakers Clippers and I don't think it's the Golden Lakers State.
1: We don't I, have enough to get them.
2: I think it's the Clippers. The the people with enough, it would be the Clippers, the Kings, the Warriors. Yep. But
0: a report also came out that Minnesota is trying to get Ben Simmons as badly as possible. And Pat Bev just liked the tweet. I believe saying that he wants Ben to come to Minnesota, which is ironic. He because he would be part of Because Pat, that would be a part of the trade <laughs> package if Ben Simmons
3: Definitely. were to
0: go to Minnesota. In your opinion, what team do you think has the best trade package to get Ben Simmons? Because Toronto has been in the mix as well. So do you think it's the Timberwolves, it's the Raptors, <clears throat> it's the Sacramento Kings, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers? You know, where's your mind on that?
2: Well, you know... That's interesting because this man has digressed since his rookie year. Regressed. Regressed. You say it every podcast. I do, right? And you guys guys correct me
0: every single time.
2: I just
1: want you to remember
0: Digress? Digress is like
1: i I'm going to stop talking. I'm just going to... I
0: digress.
2: Got it. So, regress. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Like,
0: if you say something and I'm done with the debate, I'm like, I digress.
2: Exactly. That's why why we're a team. Um, Yeah, word. He has regressed since his rookie year. It's really sad, honestly. He... You know, and it's it's funny because Ben doesn't need a jump shot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me not say that. Ben, no, yeah. Ben doesn't need a jump yeah. shot to be aggressive. He can still be aggressive without a jump shot. You know, attacking the rim, you know, getting in the post-up game, finishing at the basket. You know, he. You know, we've seen guys in the DeMar DeRozan doesn't take threes. You know, he's still effective, putting up 20 points a game. Ben can be aggressive without taking threes. It's just fans are tired of the lack of aggression, especially – come crunch time, and this year affected them so much because Embiid finally was playing at an MVP level. They were the number one seed in the East. The Nets were hurt. It was like, all right, all we got to see is Milwaukee and Atlanta. It's go time. Like, we have a real opportunity to go to the finals and beat Phoenix. I, I feel like Philly had a strong possibility to beat Phoenix. You know, with Embiid, I don't, I don't think he had a- – and had no answer for him. They had Ben. They had Seth playing like a star. Tobias, Tobias was who eating. was finally consistent for once. Matisse Dibble was doing what he do on the defensive end. So I feel like they had a real opportunity. And Ben just just let, you know, a guy in his own head. So I think, you know, I like the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves have a lot of young talent. Malik Beasley's a bucket. D'Angelo Russell, I think he's really, really good player. You know, people love to knock him. He's obviously a little bit injury-prone, but he's a really, really good player. And I think him and Embiid will work well in that pick-and-roll Cat's probably gonna stay, you know. So he's not going anywhere. But I think you know the Timberwolves have a lot of youth. Toronto, I feel like they have a lot of talent, but I don't think Toronto is gonna give up too much for Ben Simmons being as if they have OG, they have Pascal, they just drafted Scotty Barnes. I don't really see the Ben Simmons going there. With the fact that they got these players, Sacramento, I feel like they have Buddy Hill. They have the contracts, Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes, or whatever. They have guys that they Hallie can give Burden. up. Burton, Hallie Burton. I, I don't even think they'll give up Hallie Burton for Ben right now. I too. think
3: they would.
1: <laughs> I think they would. I don't know, but they have Hallie Burton to give up because they if, to. If Philly trades Ben and they don't get a point guard, they don't have a point guard. That is very true. Mm-hmm. So but if they give up Mitchell,
2: Mitchell who? What the Davion. Hell? Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell? Yeah, and Buddy okay. Hill. You know, so they, they, I feel like Sacramento. I don't think— That's the, actually better. Yeah, I I don't, I don't think the Clippers have enough because they would have to gut their their depth, and I think they need depth right now. With Kawhi being out, they're going to need a team effort. So I think the Kings and Timberwolves Wolves have the best trade packages right now.
0: Also, correction, Pat Bev didn't like the tweet. He actually quoted it. Mm. The tweet was, Add Ben Simmons to Cat D-Lo Anthony Edwards, and you have a contender. And Pat Bev quoted and said, "Facts." He's literally about
2: to be gone with Billy Beasley. (laughs) It's so hilarious. Him and Beasley are about to be gone.
0: That's why before you go, Drew. That's that's why with the Timberwolves, the trade pack because I have trade packages for each scenario. GM for Toronto, it's Simmons for Pascal straight up. You know, I I think did contracts work. Toronto probably has to add a pick, but are they going to trade Simmons for Pascal straight up? I kind of doubt it. You know, I don't think that's going to be true, but if they do, I think it makes sense because Simmons is now your true point guard. Fred or Gary, they play the two, and now Barnes can start at the four, and now you have that young core that can grow forward, but I don't think Philly is just going to take Pascal. But if they did, you know, Philly with Pascal at the four, you move Tobias back to the three. You got um, Danny Green at the two. And I don't know, maybe Maxie? Seth play, Seth plays the one or Maxi, and then beat at the five. It can work somewhat. And then the second trade is goran Dragic, O and OG and Anobi for Simmons.
2: Whoa, you think they'll trade OG?
0: I think for Simmons, you're gonna have to. Damn,
2: you know, I like OG. Hey,
0: I think Philly gets a point guard in Garon. <laughs> they get a three guard in OG. Now you have Goron, Danny Green, OG, Tobias, and more and spacing. B. Yeah, and I think that would yeah. work for them as well. Is Toronto going to trade OG? I'm not too sure, but if they were to do that, now you have Simmons, Fred Still, Scotty, Pascal. So would they move Scotty to the three? You know, it's, it's a bunch of question marks right there. Then another trade would be uh from Toronto. it would be for Simmons, it would be Fred, Van Vliet, and Chris Boucher mm. for Ben I like Simmons. that one better. You know? So
2: Scotty is immovable right now. I think Scotty's is untouchable. I think Scotty and OG are, in my opinion, I think Scotty and OG are the untouchable ones. Okay. But with the Timberwolves, for me, it's like,
0: what can they trade of value for Ben outside of D'Lo? And I think Minnesota, the whole reason they got D'Lo was to make Cat happy. So I, I think D'Lo was off the table. He's off limits. My best trade for them is Malik Beasley and Pat Bev, you know? Malik Why? Beasley, Pat Bev, I would throw in Jaden McDaniels cuz I think he can be a good defender. Yeah. And now if you have Ben Simmons, you don't need Jaden because Ben can play the four, he can play the one you have DLo, you Edwards, D-Lo, Ben, Pat. Yeah, now you just have you just got to find a placeholder really at the two spot or or the three spot. You know, there's not much that you got to do to, you know, to get a replacement. So I think that makes sense, but I don't think they're willing to move off of D'Lo. I don't think Toronto's willing to move off of Scotty
2: I think D'Lo, Barnes. Eddie uh, Edwards, and Kat are the untouchable ones right now. Yeah. Def. So Beasley and Pat, Pat Bev, you know there's nothing wrong with that. You get a 20 points per game scorer who can shoot, space to floor. You get Pat Bev. He's a three and D point guard. You still got Seth. You still got Tobias. You still got the MVP, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Run run it back.
1: From all the packages I've heard, I think I like Davion and Buddy Healed the best. I feel as if what... The Sixers need is exactly that. You get in return someone who plays defense that you would lose and get in and, and trading Ben Simmons. Obviously, you get someone who's still a playmaker, someone who still has upside offensively. That right now people are questioning whether Ben can can grow at all offensively, which is understandable. And then you get a guy in Buddy Hield who is one of the better three point shooters in the league, and that's exactly what Philly is trying to do. They're trying to space the floor even more, and. Davion is as young as it gets. Davion and I, I'm I'm saying it firmly, I believe Davion is the best defender in this class. Oh, okay. He's twenty-three. Just turned it, right? I think so, yes. Just turned Oh, so I'm I'm bugging on that sense. But regardless of that, yeah. twenty. Hey, when you said young, yeah. that's yeah. what I am No, like, no, thank no, hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Regardless of that, he's still NBA ready. He's so. for sure. And and you lose Ben, you get a guy in Davion back. You're probably going to lose the size, of the athleticism, but you're going to make up for it in heart. And in, in same, I'm obviously going to take Ben Simmons defensively, but I still believe Davion Mitchell's going to be a stud defensively. And offensively, he provides more than what Ben does, unfortunately. Ben is not a good shooter at all. He hasn't been aggressive, even driving to the basket. So, Anything is a plus, and then Maxie's t- a good defender too. And, and I think Max is going to have a breakout season this upcoming year for sure. They just need to give him the minutes.
0: Correction: Davion is twenty two. He turns twenty three this week, though. Okay, oh, so, his birthday yeah, okay. is September fifth. He's about to, he, oh, he's a late guy. Oh, yeah. okay, his birthday okay. is September fifth. Dope. wait a minute. I, I like Sacramento's package, but I, I don't know how Simmons and Fox are going to fit. I really don't. I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, hesitant on that. I know Philly wants Fox. For Simmons, that's their most they ideal will not, thing, they will not get and that. I don't think they should get Fox. If I was talking about I'm not trading Fox unless they believe in Halliburton that much. With Ben Simmons, is weird. With, with Philly, it's weird specifically because they have said bef- they have said you know from reports that I've read that they are hoping this Portland and Dame situation becomes so toxic that they're going to move
2: Dame. I feel like they're waiting too long, and
0: at that at this point, nothing is really told us that that's about to happen. You know, Dame seems like from everything he said in interviews and on Twitter, he, he wants to stay in Portland. Yep. He wants to stay in Portland. I respect that. And honestly, you know, if he loves Portland that much, I, I, if I love the city that much, I would do the same thing. You know, he's getting a lot of money. They're probably a playoff team. Who knows how deep, yeah, but, at least
2: they're in the play. You know, they're
0: still winning games. It's not like they're Cleveland and they're losing or he's in a losing situation, losing in the playoffs, but not in a regular season as much. Yeah. So I think they're waiting for that situation but I don't know when it's gonna come. And with training camp about a month and a half away, you know, how long are you gonna really wait for Dame to say, you know what, I wanna get traded? Because if Dame wanted to go to Philly, he would have said it by now.
2: Yeah, Dame is a pretty straight up guy.
0: You know, he would have said it by now. And I think if all Dame has to say is say the word. All he has to do is say the word, and he can get a trade of Philly because they have Ben Simmons to trade. That that's why what I think. But Obviously, Dame has not said anything thus far. Philly's
2: gonna wait too long.
0: I think Toronto has the best package for Philly. <laughs> if I'm Philly and I'm strictly looking at what I can get back for Simmons, for example, from the Timberwolves, yeah, I can get Malik Beasley, but he's always in and out of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, he was arrested this past year, I believe. Um he got it he got into like, you know, he got into uh something with uh Scottie Pippen's baby mama or Larsa Pippen, he got into something with Larsa Pippen. He's always in the right? news. I think so. I'm not sure. He was
1: dead in jail. He got arrested. He
0: got arrested. He
1: got arrested. He didn't go to jail. And Malik
0: Beasley isn't a very great defender. He's a very good offensive player, but not a great defender. Pat Bev, we know he has the limitations on the offensive side of the ball, which is why if I'm Philly, the best package is what Toronto can give me. If I if I can get Pascal straight up, I'm taking Pascal for Ben. And if, if I'm Toronto and all I have to do is give up Pascal for Ben, I'll think about it. I'm not sure if I'll do it, but it makes sense because of, you know, how he can grow with the players. And right now Toronto is missing a true point guard because they didn't go Jalen Suggs. They're missing that true point guard. But I honestly think the best trade also would be Guron and OG.
1: Um, I so think you- I like that more just because then they would have a point guard. If yeah. if the Sixers trade Pascal for for Ben straight up then you know what I mean if they trade Ben for 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 Pascal straight up then they don't have a point guard.
0: But if they could trade Fred and Chris Boucher, I mean that that those and contracts I'm a fan work, of Boucher, you know that. If you can have Simmons, Scotty and Pascal, that's a, an elite defensive lineup and OG, Pascal, OG, Scotty, Ben and Boucher. That's an
1: elite defensive lineup. Boucher playing the 4, the 4 He's not a great on ball def- defender. He's more of a of a of a paint, you know, shot blocker type defender. But Embiid would make up for that. So I understand uh, You think he starts in Philly though? At the four, I think it's definitely possible he could start at the four. Yeah. And then know. you move, move to buys to the three. For sure. You move to buys to the three. You put uh Danny Green at the two and Drogic at the one. Oh, I'm and I'm missing Seth I'm missing Seth uh I Seth think Curry. So. I'll
0: probably have Boucher off the bench. That's just me um, though.
1: Um but, yeah, he did go to jail.
0: Okay, so. 120-day yeah.
1: sentence
2: in uh Wright County Jail.
0: I think Toronto definitely has the best trade package, but Ben Simmons, based on where, what he said, he wants to go to, to California. And I think because Cat, he's cool with Kat and Delo he would, he would relish the opportunity of going to Minnesota. I mean,
2: Delo got a chip.
0: I think Philly might have to take less from another team because Ben is going to say, no, I don't want to go there. He's already holding out from Philly. So if he goes to Toronto and he holds out now he just created a disaster. And I I don't think Toronto believes Masai Ujiri believes that Ben Simmons is worth that headache because he's a playoff underperformer and he's not a superstar player. He's an all-star player, DPOY caliber player, but is he worth that headache? I don't think he is. I don't I don't think he isn't and, and Scotty Barnes I I think they're hoping he becomes that Ben Simmons type of player. Yeah. So if you bring in Ben Simmons, you're kind of also limiting Scotty Barnes' ceiling as well. There's a lot to think about here, which I think, but I do think Toronto on paper, they have the best trade package. But if I were to make a guess, I think he goes to Minnesota. And I like that for Minnesota a yeah. lot. A team in a Western Conference that is looking to make a big jump next season are the New Orleans Pelicans. And I looked at an interview that Willie Green did his introductory press conference and I didn't look at it but I read an article about it and Willie Green said that he is he is he thinks this team reminds him of the Suns last year he thinks the Pelicans reminds him remind him of the Suns David Griffin talked about Willie Green and thought that he was a good fit Willie Green was asked what has went wrong with the past two coaches? Because um, Alvin Gentry was fired. Stan Van Gundy was fired. Coaches haven't been staying long in with the Pelicans. And, of course, that worries Willie Green. And he said, quite honestly, it was fit. And I think he's right. Stan Van Gundy, he's a good coach, but he didn't vibe with the players, and specifically Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, who are their top two players. Alvin Gentry, I thought prematurely he was fired, but that's my opinion. I do think Willie Green is going to be a hell of a head coach. And this offseason, they got Devontae Graham, Trey Murphy, Garrett Temple, Jonas Valanciunas, Sataransky, and Herb Jones. How good do you think the Pelicans will be next season? Will they be a playoff team?
2: Possible. I feel like their ceiling is a plan right now. You know, I think right now we obviously have to see first-year head coach. Ceiling? Is the plan? Can I? Can I? Can I? No, speak? but I'm just saying. But, but can, can, ceiling? Can I? Speak? You know what that means? Yeah, ceiling means like the highest thing can go uh-huh. is the playing. Yes, I believe the highest thing go is the playing. You know what I'm saying? I think you know Willie Green first year. You know we still have to see Devonte Graham coming in. Uh, I I think Santa Rancy going to start at the one. I could be wrong, but I think just because of the fact that he's more of a playmaker and he can space the floor and he doesn't need the ball, you know, he he's probably going to start at the one. I like Trey Murphy at the two. You know, I think the size, the defense, you know, you bring in a guy who can also space the floor and shoot. You need that spacing around Zion. And then obviously, you know, you got B.I. at the three, Zion at the four, and Big Joe at the five. You know, I think Joe, he kind of clogs the paint, but he's a better offensive player than Steven Adams. So you get a guy who can score. And then you bring Devontae Graham off the bench. You know, you bring a guy who's just, you know, he's a spark plug. He can get buckets and spurts. And I think you have that off the bench. And this is still a team with Nico Alexander Walker. You know, this team still – no, Josh Hart left. No, Josh Hart left. Oh, he said, thank you. This, this is a team still with Josh. This team still has a lot of the young guys and the same guys that have been playing with each other for a couple of years. So I think, you know, but with the West, being you got the Suns, the Warriors are going to come back. Memphis is still going to be tough. You know, you got the Clippers who still going to fight. You got the Lakers. You got Utah. <laughs> Denver still has the MVP. It's going to be a lot. Portland is still around. You know, there's going to be a lot of teams that's going to be gunning and fighting for a spot. So I think right now, being as what they are, I think their ceiling for me is the play-in.
1: All right. So I don't hate the statement as much as I did when you first said it. Because looking at it, I I believe the Clippers are going to take a dip. Without Kawhi, it's definitely going to hurt them for sure. So they'll be a play-in team. The Grizzlies, in my opinion, by trading Valanciunas to the Pelicans, got worse. So they're they were already in eighth seed. The Spurs, we already spoke about that. We don't think that they're gonna be in the playing again. So at least three teams in question, and the Pelicans have arguably the best young player in the league, Luka Doncic and Zion. Oh, okay. Th- those two for sure. Then you have Brandon Ingram who has blossomed into one of the, the league's top scorers for sure. And you subtract Zo, now, this force, this doesn't force them to force looks to to Zion, uh, to, to uh, my goodness, I just had a brain fart, <laughs> to Lonzo Ball, excuse me, because when Lonzo's on the floor, you know, there's almost a sense of this guy's the, you know, the missing part to our big three. We got to try and get him the ball, try and get him in rhythm a little bit. Now they don't have to do that. Now, those two are going to be the primary ball handlers, the primary scorers of this offense, which is what they obviously should have been uh, doing last year. In which they were to a degree, but now it's only going to be elevated now that they don't have to worry about forcing the ball to someone else. Now, Zion is going to be Zion. I think he's going to be an amazing player. I, I mean, he's averaged 28 over the last two seasons already. The first one was a small sample size, but the fact that he doubled down and did it again the year after was excellent. I believe he's only going to get better. And Brandon Ingram now, he's going to be asked to do a lot more, and I feel like he's going to be under the microscope more than what Zion's going to be at least in my eyes. The league knows that Zion's amazing. The league believes that Brandon Ingram is a top scorer, but what has he done to show that he's a winner? That that he That's my biggest question with the Pelicans. If Brandon Ingram's play is going to translate to wins, because it was easy to blame Zoe in that he wasn't this amazing scorer and he wasn't the, the player that everyone thought he was going to be, he never reached his potential. But no one's really pointing at Brandon Ingram and saying, you know, is your play really correlated to being a good basketball team as a whole? That's my biggest concern with them. I do believe they got better. You bring you bring in Valanciunas, that's definitely an upgrade uh, to to Adams. You lose Zoe, which hurts, which hurts in the eyes of their defense. I believe that he was their best defensive player for sure. For sure, and you lose that, but you bring in Devonte Graham, who's not a slouch defensively, but not not a great defender. Obviously, more known for his playmaking ability. He's a, he's a decent shooter as well. And that's where I feel like Nik, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he made the blow of losing Zoe a little bit easier. You bring in Devontae Graham now. That that backcourt is kind of fixed to a degree with, you know, you're not missing Zoe as much. So I feel like overall they did get better, but I still question whether Brandon Ingram's play is going to translate to ultimately what we want to see in wins. But Talent-wise, they have the job to get it done. I, I believe that they could be a play team for sure, especially with, the, the, with Kawhi not being 100%. Who knows if he's going to be on the court at all. Memphis getting worse, and San Antonio obviously getting worse.
0: Both of you guys are wrong for different reasons.
1: How can we be wrong if nothing has happened
2: yet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you're going to be wrong. You're wrong in thinking that Devontae game not going to start. He's going to start. And when, Definitely. You, when you said that, I wanted to stop you, but I want to see where you kept going. Sadoransky's not starting over <laughs> Devontae Graham. Let's get out. Let's get that out of the way right now.
1: Sadoransky started over Kobe White. Yes. Okay. Kobe, Kobe White is the same
2: player that Devontae Graham. He is the same exact group. He's not going to start rude. over Devontae Scoring point guard. He's
0: not going to start over Devontae yeah, but Graham.
1: Devontae Graham was actually a playmaker.
2: He got benched.
1: For to, to who? Exactly. He, he
2: got benched the year before that, late in the season. Lamelo wasn't there. Stop.
1: Are you sure?
0: Devontae Graham is going to start. Let's just make that clear. Their ceiling is not a playing team. Their ceiling is a fifth, sixth seed in the Western Conference. That's a fact. It's not a playing team.
1: Get that out of your head right now. So what? You said ceiling, which means they're absolute best.
0: There are six (laughs) playoff locks in the Western Conference right now. So the Jazz. The Suns, the okay. Nuggets, the Mavs, the Lakers, the Warriors.
2: So there's six playoff wait, locks. How is their ceiling of fifth if you just said it was Let six me locks? Let
0: me speak. The no, ceiling
1: is that the, the Suns. Let
0: me speak. Let me speak. The Nuggets without Jamal Murray, what are they going to be? Losing Paul Millsap, what are they going to be? We have to, there's a way and see. The Mavericks, their dysfunction, not doing anything in free agency. I love Luca, but that's a wait and see. Are we forgetting how special of a player Lonzo, um, um, Zion Williamson is? Oh my God, Lonzo's stuck in my head. That's on me. And look, I, I got to say this before I go. <laughs> what you said about Brendan Ingram and, I, and Lonzo, I think it was the opposite. I think Brendan Ingram, yeah, people were on him for saying that he doesn't play defense. All he does is score. I think Lonzo has been pampered. Since leaving, really? since leaving LA, Lonzo has had no pressure on him to be this be a part of this big
1: three i disagree but go ahead
0: if anything all lonzo gets right now is unlimited excuses for underperforming he underperforms it's how they use him in the offense he doesn't play good oh man that's stan van gundy it's his fault all lonzo gets is excuses that's all he gets nobody's expecting lonzo to be the superstar guy or all-star guy he is what he is and i've said that before that's why I don't, I don't think losing Lonzo was that huge. I think he's a good defender, would have loved to keep him, but he's not a huge loss, and we'll see how he plays in Chicago. You guys know my opinion on that. The reason why you don't need to start Saturansky, and why I thought that was ridiculous, is because Chicago, okay, they started Sadoransky to get more playmaking. This is where Pelicans fans should give Stan Van Gundy credit. Point Zion. Point Zion was a revelation for the Pelicans last season. He was a freak. He is going to be their point guard. And Zion is so special that his rookie season playing as a post player, he was historically efficient. Oh. His second season playing as a point guard, he was historically efficient. There were 25 games that, but Pat, this past season that Zion had five plus assists. In those games, the Pelicans went 16-8. His rookie season... He only did – he only dished out five dimes three times Mm. as a rookie, and the Pelicans went two and one. He wasn't used as a point guard. And I think Zion also is going to improve his defense. The Pelicans, the second half of the year, were a top 15 defense in the league. They were finding their groove. And I think Willie Green, who's going to connect better with those players, he's played in the league. You don't think Willie Green is going to connect better?
2: No, it's, it, I laughed because you said they were finding their group defensively and then you proceeded to forget who they've added <laughs> it's like this offseason and who they lost. That's why I laughed.
0: Okay, but I yeah. think, you know, you don't think uh, Valenshunez is an okay defender? As opposed you to Steven Adams? I don't think gonna Trey Steven Adams is I a mean, good defender. I mean, I think defender. Steven Adams is okay. You know, Trey Murphy, Rookie. I think Trey Murphy is a good defender. Rookie. But I'm saying... San
2: I can tell you off... <laughs>
0: Experience. I, I, is is I don't think Satoransky is going to have as big as a role as you think he's going to have on the. No, Pelicans. I, I, I. I all I listen. But you who are the Pel- who are the point guard. I on think the Pelicans. Pelicans start I mean, Kara Lewis. I think they would rather play him over Satoransky. I think Willie Green got there to play the younger players over well, these fair. vets. That, that's fair to say. I think the starting lineup next season is going to be Devonte Graham. I don't think Trey Murphy starts. I think it's Josh Hart, and I think it's Zion mm. Ingram, and then I think it's Velen Shunas. Yep. And then off the bench, you still got Jackson Hayes, Najee Marshall was pretty good last year, Trey Murphy, you. Kira Lewis, Hernan Young Gomez team. was okay. They were ninth in points per game last year. I think their offense gets better by losing Zoe and adding Devontae Graham and losing Adams and adding Valanchunas. Last year, their problem was that they built the roster off of misfits. Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe, they didn't fit at all with this team. Now you're brought in guys that actually fit. Like I said, I think Zion is that point guard. And... Now you have Zion being that point guard, Brendan Ingram playing second fiddle. Now Devonte Graham is turning into a secondary or a third playmaker on that team, which is he—he he is more than capable of doing it. Sure. Even though Jonas is—he get—he's very good in the post. I think he has a good fifteen footer. He's not going to clog the paint like Steven Adams. He's not going to—you know—his defender is not going to help so far off of him because from the mid range, Jonas is pretty good. I mean, he was Memphis's second best player last season, and Memphis was in the playoffs. Now you're asking him to be the Pelicans' third, fourth best player? I think that's a major upgrade. Zion Williamson had such a historic, forgotten season last year that nobody talks about because all the the hype about him was his rookie season, but then his second year when the Pelicans got force-fed to everybody on national television, there there started to be a disdain for the Pelicans and Zion, but... There's only been one player to average 25-plus points on 60% shooting from the field in a single season over the last three decades. The last player to do it was Kevin McHale in 1986. And Zion is the first player ever to average 25 points per game before the age of 21. Do I think the Pelicans, at their best, this upcoming season can be better than the Nuggets? I do. Can they be better than Dallas? I do. Do I have them over the Kings? I do. Wait. Do I have them over the Timberwolves? If the Timberwolves get injured, I do because they they don't stay healthy. So, you said. And do I think I think the Pelicans will be better than um, Memphis as well? And I think it's not far fetched to say they can
2: be better than Portland. You said at Denver's best, the Pelicans can be better, which means Denver's best. Oh, no, like no, that's no, what you no, said.
1: no, 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 I. Before, I, he must have made a mistake then because he said, said without Pelicans. Jamal Murray. Yeah. Without oh, Jamal exactly. Murray, it's possible. I thought I heard you, I I heard you say at Denver's best. No, no without no, Jamal.
0: No. I said Pelicans are fifth seed at their best, I think. you. <clears <saying> <clears I, <throat> I okay, think okay. there are six playoff locks in the West. These six teams will make the playoffs. <clears throat> this is how things are going to go down. Let's just go down a list. I think first seed, let's just say the Lakers, just to say it right. The Lakers, I think Warriors second, Jazz, third, Suns fourth. Now, I think the Nuggets and the Mavs are playoff locks. But if the Pelicans, if everything clicks next season, can they not be the fifth seed? I think they can because Zion Williamson is that special. I think he's that special. And this upcoming season, we are going to see it because they are going to start winning. And Mm. when they start winning now, everybody's going to realize again, Mm. wow, Zion is actually this dude. I mean, last year, he was so historic and has been forgotten. You said they missed the playoffs. So does Steph. So did Steph, and I know that Steph has accomplished things in his career. But we can all admire the season Steph had, well, even though they didn't no, make no, plays. no, no.
2: I, I didn't. It wasn't to like knock Zion, but the reason why it was forgotten was because he he didn't even make the play. I was gonna say at least Steph made the play. Yeah, he didn't even make the play. He didn't. He didn't play as much. Actually, no, because Zion had a lot of national televised games last year. The Pelicans got a lot of that hype. He just didn't make the play, and that's why I was saying it's like. Not to say he didn't have a historical season, but it's just like you don't make the playoffs. It's kind of like you don't even make the play in. So I, it's like, we know. can
0: all be honest here and say that when you saw the Pelicans were playing on ESPN or TNT, you didn't bother watching the game. Let's just be honest. Most people didn't I, yeah. bother watching the game because they either got blown out and Zion went crazy or it was close but a boring game. You know, yeah. the Pelicans, because of Zion's rookie year and since he was injured, A lot of people just saw Brandon Ingram going off in in Zion's rookie year. So because the Pelicans were bad in Zion's rookie year, nobody really wants to watch them anymore on national television because you know they just assume Zion's not playing or they're just losing. And I think next year that's going to change because I think this team is going to play different. I I do think Willie Green is, is a different type of coach. He's played with great players. He's coached great players. He's played with Chris Paul when he was with the Hornets. He's played with Kobe. He's with the Warriors. He's coached KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond. So he's been around greatness this past season. He's been with the Suns for two years. The first year was the year that they went 8-0 and in the bubble. Next year, went to the finals. So he's been around teams that had were, were already built and won. And he's been with teams that they've had rebuild. And he's won with them as well. So I think he's going to be a huge addition to this coaching staff. And that's why I believe in the Pelicans this year.
2: You know?
1: Hmm. Listen, to him. I'm not disagreeing with him at all.
2: Oh, so you think their ceiling is a fifth seed?
1: The ceiling, what they absolutely best could be, yeah, it makes <sighs> sense. Tough to now. say that their ceiling is a. Plan, I don't think that's wrong. I don't but, think there's nothing wrong with that because of how stacked the West is. I agree, but it's not like compare compare the Mavs roster to the Pelicans, town for from town, last year. We could say, sure, no, going into this year, going into this okay. year. If you go talent for talent, let's say the outliers are Luka and Zion. We'll cancel them well, out. Pelicans have a better roster. I agree wholeheartedly. Pound for pound, they would do. Would you would you think
2: would you have said the Pelicans had a better roster last year if you took both guys out? I
1: believe the Pelicans were going to be a lot better than what they
2: showed last I, season. So did, would you have said that last year well, we took-
0: Ingram Porzingis, who's better? Ingram? Ingram. I'm
1: taking- Now,
0: Lonzo, and who was the Mavs' third best player? Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr.? I would I'm take, taking Hardaway Jr. I would Jr. take
1: Hardaway Jr. Hardaway Jr. Yeah. right now. So then, Jr. okay,
2: so right now, who's the third best player for the Pelicans? Valanchunas?
0: Valenciunas. And I think he, that's, I, I would probably give the edge to Valanchunas over Hardaway Jr.
2: I think Hardaway just fits more to what Luka wants to do. When I, you fit, I get when you it, fit but better, It's you don't, you you don't need other, to be better than that other You look player. at
0: the other players on the, on the Mavs, you know, Reggie Bullock. He fits Luka. Finney Smith, uh, Maxi Kleber, yeah. Bronson. I mean,
1: Bronson. I mean, he had that team as a, what? Because Luka's amazing. And no, it was all Luka. I'm not yeah, going to say. that team as a fifth seed. But then why can't Zion do something similar? Well, we don't we The don't only know. difference is that Luka Well, is Zion at
0: point guard
1: exactly. was 16-8. Yep. So getting more responsibility yeah, to, doing we'll that.
0: We'll have to
2: see more, you know, obviously a bigger sample They can win more size. games, yeah. yeah
0: I, I just think last year there was just jumbled was up mess with so and Steven Adams. It just wasn't enough. And them being so bad defensively in the beginning of the year hurt them a lot, but... Stan Van Gundy obviously got them to buy in later in the year. And I saw an interview on the Dan Levitard show with Stan and Stan was shocked. He was fired because he said we got better throughout the year, but obviously he was fired. And he also, he mentioned that he doesn't believe Zion had nothing to do with it. So he was, you know, he was having Zion's back in that interview, which was cool. But I think if these players, most of these guys are already bought in on defense, Willie Green's job isn't as tough as stands was right. trying to get them to buy on defense, but it's really I think this team is really about how good Willie Green is going to be as a coach. Mm. You know, if you believe he's going to be average, then I can understand your opinion. But I believe he's going to be a damn good coach. Okay. I do. I, I think he's going to have a Monty Williams like effect on the Pelicans. Will they make the finals? No, but I think they will be a playoff team. And I think this is the year where Zion opens up people's eyes again because mm. people slept on him this past year. And now this year we're gonna be like, okay, like Zion is actually legit. He actually is in the convo with the Lucas and, and Tatums and stuff like that. Cause I think right now you ask a casual fan, What
1: are you making that face for? It's a
2: with the Lucas. Come on. Lucas like a top seven player in the league right now. Zion's not an that Zion's a top
0: fifteen player.
2: Okay, that's fair. You can say the Tatums, but you said Luca. That's the only one that's the only reason. Okay, I made the was face.
0: was Luca in his second year a top fifteen player?
2: You answer that. After I the, think after, he was. I think he was. Year, yeah. I think
0: he was. I think he was a top ten player, in my opinion. Oh, okay. And it's so Zion, top fifteen player, third year. He can't make that league to be a, a, a consensus top ten. I think he absolutely can.
2: Wait, so you are saying right? Like, wait, what's his coming going into his third season, third year? You think he's top fifteen right now? He's top. 15 I
0: do right okay. think so too. Okay.
2: So he's then, top so you think. At the end, he should
1: be a top ten player in the NBA.
0: After this upcoming season, he should be a top ten. Player. I wonder who
2: spot he's going to take. That's very
1: interesting. It's Probably damn. I was actually thinking the exact same name. That's a tough name. Uh, we'll see. That's uh, that's
2: a tough. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll
0: see. A team that might get kicked out of the playoffs because the Pelicans are probably going to surpass them this upcoming season <coughs> are the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies right now, it was reported that they're shopping Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson for the right price. Chris Fetter of cleveland.com reported that they are shopping them because right now they have 18 players under contract. So they have to trade some of them. They have to cut some of them. I think it's much easier to move Anderson than it is Dylan Brooks, because I think Anderson fits more teams. And I think Dylan Brooks, he's a better player. So I wouldn't want to move him right away. Do you think Memphis is making a mistake? Because it feels like right now, They are blowing this playoff core. They are blowing these winning players, and they are trying to bank on potential and talent. Are they making the right move, or are they making a mistake by trying to shop their better players? They already traded Jonas. And trading Brooks and Anderson, pretty much trading everybody away that was on their playoff team last year.
2: Yeah, I think they're getting a little too excited. You know, I think they're getting a little too happy with their player development team. I think trading Valanchunas after you had a pretty strong playoff run, you know, you made it to the play-in. You went on, you beat the Spurs, then you beat the Warriors, then you gave Utah, you know, a solid fight, you know. You, you stole the game. So it's like, I feel like that team should have definitely had the opportunity to run it back and build together and get better. You know, Dylan Brooks is still about 26 years old. Kyle Anderson, he isn't old. Neither is, None of them are over 28, I believe, except Valentunas. And, you know, John Morant, he, he, that's your best player. Jackson is your, you know, second-best player in terms of, like, for your franchise. So I think those two guys, they kind of vibed with those three guys. They kinda of, they got the chemistry with those guys. And I feel like, you know, drafting Zaire Williams, you know, you could have just waited on you didn't have to trade Alan as a guy who's a pretty big part in what you were doing. And I think Dylan Brooks, who's a top ten perimeter defender in the league, in my opinion, I think trading him away is kinda of gonna lose that identity that you have, that rough rider, that grit and that grind, you know, that hard nosed basketball, that identity that Dylan Brooks fits so much for Memphis. I think you're gonna lose that same with Anderson. You know, he's a guy who kind of like re, reinv- you know, got his career back up to flow when he went to Memphis. And I think <clears throat> trading those two guys in this situation is kind of gonna put you guys a couple steps back. Whereas you're right now, you're you may not be a lock for the playoffs, but people are circling you on the calendar. Like this is a dangerous team. We can't sleep on them. So it's like. I personally think this is a bad move and I wouldn't do it just cuz of the slow improvement that they've been making over the couple of years.
1: Unless they're using these two guys in a package deal and upgrading at at either one of those two positions, I don't see how this move makes sense truthfully. Now, you mentioned it hit the head, hit the nail right on the head. You trade, Val, you know, you trade Valanciunas, you downgrade in my eyes to Steven Adams. It's not like Steven Adams is a scrub. He's definitely not a scrub. Just not He's not going to give you what Valanciunas is going to give you. He's a Valanciunas is a better offensive player, about the same rebounder as Steven Adams. A- Adams is probably a little bit better in that aspect because that's what he does. He's, he goes, gets boards, offensive rebounder as well. He's a good defender. Adams, is, I'll give him the edge there, but for what Memphis needs right now, Adams is not that. Maybe in the fact that they need defense, which I can understand, but... You you're thinking about trading Dylan Brooks, who just gave you 17. Anderson was was a solid player for them too. Not not a great scorer at all, but you know he's at least a, some kind of a, Jack a, of what a exactly perfectly said. He can play make for you guys. You know the the slowest transition player in the game, but somehow he makes it worse. make it work. Makes it work. Excuse me. And the fact that Dylan Brooks has improved year to year the way he has. I don't understand how you could look at that and think, you know what, let's see, let's move off of him, because I'm guessing their 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 mind is, all right, this guy's actually playing too well now, and he's going to want money that we're not going to want to give him. So in that sense, I understand, but at the same time, you have John Morant, who's only brought you brought you the Memphis Grizzlies success since he's been drafted, and he's only shown that that franchise is going on in, in Increased uh, increased rate, I guess. My wording's terrible there, but you understand what I mean. He's, he has brought this franchise to a respectable name all of a sudden, and the franchise is kind of slapping him in the face and not really giving him anything. Do I understand that Memphis isn't a big market and they're not going to attract free agents? For sure. So do they need to capitalize on their you know above-average players that are going to want more money than what they're actually worth? Sure, but at the same time, it's got to be about winning, too. And you're not helping John Morant by trading away his second-best player last season or trading away arguably their best defender in Dylan Brooks. So I, I don't see, unless they're packaging these two and getting an upgrade, but I don't know what upgrade would that be exactly at this point in time. It's like you're not getting a Beal with that that with that with package, I don't think. Maybe a C.J. McCollum, but at that point, I wouldn't hate C.J. McCollum either, but then you're losing your best defender for just better offense by only, what, four or five points? Someone who's been, you know, proven in the playoffs, sure. Then you lose Anderson, who's who's a good vet to have, someone a jack-of-all-trades like you mentioned. So it's kind of confusing to me, but at the same time, I see where they're coming from because these guys are going to want some money. And maybe they're not worth the $22, 23000000 that they're going to want. Portland was
0: actually interested in Dylan Brooks. I'm not sure what they offered them, but they were interested in Dylan Brooks. I have a peace of mind with this report because it says for the right price, which means that they're not just trying to blow it all up and trade these guys for nothing. I think Dylan Brooks, he's worth $20 mil. I think Kyle Anderson, I think he's replaceable. He's the most replaceable guy sure. between these two because I think with Zaire playing at three, he can fit right into that. Honestly, Memphis's dream scenario is these young guys developing in a year or two from now having a starting lineup of John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jared Culver, uh, Zaire Williams, and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think they traded for Jared Culver because they think he still has potential. Thus far, what's been holding him back was his jump shot because he's not a good shooter. I think Zaire Williams, he does have potential, but. In college, he was bad. In the summer league, he was bad. So obviously, it's still raw, but I think that's their dream scenario. Dylan Brooks, too, I guess is a bit replaceable because you have Desmond Bain.
2: I don't think you can find defenders. You can't find a defender like like him. No.
0: But Desmond Bain is is a 40% three-point shooter. He can handle the ball. He can playmake as well. He played point guard with the Grizzlies in summer league. I mean, he was playmaking. He was doing great. So I think they're a bit optimistic there. The Grizzlies have a problem right now that they have too much young talent that they're not able to play all these guys. I mean, I'm not even mentioning guys like Xavier Tillman and DeAnthony Melton and Tyus Jones, guys like that who are also very young who have shown flashes. Because of that, there's a lot of stuff you have to consider. And Brandon Clark, last year, later in the year, he didn't even play because, I mean, he didn't didn't fit what they wanted to do. I thought it was weird when they moved off of Jonas Valanciunas. Even though Steven Adams fits that grit and grind personality more, he's not the player that Jonas is. And I do think the Grizzlies are going to drop off because of that. I just don't know what direction they're going in. You know, I understand they're they're, they're a small market, but I don't believe that blowing it up is the correct answer when you're a small market, when you have talent that can compete in the playoffs because... These guys can develop. I mean, who's to say that Dylan Brooks can't be a Chris Middleton type of player? I mean, he's already averaging seventeen. You, he's, Are you not, serious? Is, he's not. Is he's not? He's not far off the twenty.
2: You had to say Chris Middleton.
0: I mean, if I said Chris Middleton last year, nobody would care.
2: Yeah, yeah because he's say someone different. Because
0: because <laughs> he went on this run, now all of a sudden, oh, no, he's an untouched That's exactly I just think how it works. You know, I
2: think when you blow it up, you got to just make the right decisions. You know, it starts by trading Jonas for uh, Steven and then picking Zaire at that pick you know you you didn't made two very questionable decisions you know I feel like Zaire wasn't the pick at 10 I feel like Steven Adams is not the player of is so now you didn't make two questionable decisions that's kind of it might set you back a little bit like you just made the AFC you just you know you just beat the Warriors in the plan you beat Steph Curry that's Feet in its own, and then you go on and you play Utah. You know the number one seed. You steal a game. Granted, Mitchell didn't play, but none of that. That team was still nice, and you, you beat them. John Morant averaged thirty that playoff series. So I
0: got a question: Dylan Brooks can't average twenty two a game?
2: Depends. Not on that team. Well, no, it depends. He maybe, maybe, maybe. I and mean, with Jonas gone, he's so inefficient.
0: I mean, he's shot forty two percent from the field, thirty four percent from
2: three. God, and six seven.
0: Yeah, I mean he's not he's not, you know, the most efficient. He he does take shots. He's a shot chucker. But he's gotten more efficient year
2: by year. It's just his bad shot. He takes bad shots.
0: Yeah, but Chris Middleton's not the defender Dylan Brooks is.
2: He's smart. He's a smarter player though.
0: So if Dylan Brooks can get to twenty, that's a that's a Middleton type player, a borderline all star. If Middleton was in the West, he doesn't make an all star team. But Great. in the East, you know, Brooks in the East. Average 20, I mean, I'm just saying, it's not far off. No, I feel, I feel it's it. not far off. Chris, definitely, not Chris is definitely player.
2: not a defender he
1: is. I give you that. He's
0: not the def- Yeah, at all. I think that that's the biggest thing and about playmaking
1: him. playmaking-wise, Dylan's nowhere near Chris Middleton.
0: No, nah, definitely not. Uh-huh. Chris Middleton's a great playmaker. Mm-hmm. He's a great He's a better.
1: Chris is a better offensive player. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt about
0: it. But the defen- Dylan Brooks, I think— He's very great
1: defensively. The two— the elite, just fouls yeah. too much. The
0: two best guys on defense that I've seen on James Harden— over the course oh of these past couple of years, God. have been Lou Dort and Dylan you Brooks. You gotta
2: stop. We don't care. Like <laughs> you always talk about James Harden. That's your favorite go-to. The best guys I've seen guard James Harden. Just that it's always James Harden, bro. Just stop. Like I'm I say mean, I say, is James
0: Harden not the best ISO player in the league right but now? bro,
2: you can say somebody else, bro. Like LeBron, Curry. Why can't I AD? say James Harden? Because you always say James Wait, Harden. Wait, how
0: is that not a compliment to but Dylan
3: Brooks? Well, we've seen Dylan
2: Brooks guard so many other players. You don't have to just Yeah, James Harden. Yeah, the guys who You seen him guard Steph. We've seen him guard Steph very well. Like very well. You've seen that. So but you needed you <laughs> no, needed, I can't, to, but I, needed to bring up Harden. What, what's bro? wrong about me saying Harden though? Because we hear our Harden every other week. It's like every other Who's week. a better ISO player Harden or Curry? See look and then it goes into No this. I'm just
0: asking. I'm just asking. Obviously the guy who does ISO more. I think it's more impressive that he's guarding Harden than Steph.
2: So you think it's more impressive that he's guarding a guy that runs around fifty screens all day than a guy who just stands there, does 50 dribble moves, and then goes. You think that's more. Oh, that. No, no, no. is yeah. more effective, so yeah. What? The, what? Whoa, <laughs> yeah, whoa. You see, you see where is, this goes whoa. into? You see
0: where this goes into? You're all better than Steph. Always,
2: huh? Harden's
0: a better player than Steph. Oh my god.
3: god. Like,
0: come on. He knows Let's this just, isn't true. It is true. Let's you be, be honest. honest. You
2: called it Steph is, top five in the league. You never said Harden was top five. What this year, you did. You did. You said Steph. Oh, yeah, because this year, I'm
0: going off of who had a better season. Steph had a. As of right now, Steph is better. No, he had a better season. Is he no, better? Steph he's not be, better, no, than he's better than Harden. He's, right he's better than He's not better than Harden. He's significantly better than that. Man. He's not significantly, yeah, okay. Get, easy. The hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get the hell out of here. He I mean, Steph, you, you know what's funny? That oh, God. Steph has, this year was his chance to get into the playoffs, him leading the team, put oh, it on my. his back, and he didn't make it. it James a, Harden
2: would have carried that team to the third seed. He wouldn't have won a playing game. I promise you, Harden, Harden would have choked that game.
1: He would have choked. Mean, because we've no, seen he it, he choked. wouldn't have choked. No, he wouldn't <laughs> have. No, he, no, no, he, wouldn't no. Have. he wouldn't have. Bro, he had Kevin Durant on his squad, and he and he blew the he bag. He had a great
0: two hamstring. Bro was running around. He, to he was just on. getting
2: the ball. Where's Katie? Where's Katie? Where's Katie? <laughs> Where's Katie? I gotta win. Where's Katie, bro? <laughs> I can't forget do it. He
0: had a great two hamstring. Oh
2: God! Uh, you can play on a great two hamstring? <laughs> <laughs> hey, We're not NBA athletes. Hey, hey. We we can't I'm do not, anything. I mean, forty million. I mean, fucking
0: athlete, you're human. You're human. You can't play on that. He's That doesn't mean he doesn't feel pain, bro. No, I'm sure he does. We saw
1: him in the game running around looking for KD. But be honest. It's not like they were asking him to hit more than open jump shots.
0: I mean, the (laughs) reason why he couldn't hard James Harden is because of that. He couldn't hit open jump shots?
1: you can't hit an open jump shot.
0: I mean, his trainer came out a couple weeks ago and said... Answer me this. No, no, I'm I'm just saying. I'm going to bring up context to this. Uh His trainer came out a couple weeks ago and said the fact that James Harden was even running up and down the court was impressive. Because on that injury, you're not even able to do that. You're right. So, you know, if you don't, your jump shot, most important thing are your legs. Yep. If you don't got your legs, you don't got your hamstring, I mean, you know, am I expecting him to hit it? You know, I would like him to. More but than two come, shots. But come yeah. on. But come on. What do he go, two for 16? But come on. No, no, nah, bro. Come on. I'm man. asking. I'm asking. <laughs> he went two for 12, man. Oh, I think oh, wow. it was two for 12. So much better. But he had a great two hamstring. Let's give him some slack. I understand, so like if you want to, if you, you, if, you wanna, if you want if you want to bring up, you know, San Antonio Game Six and oh, these other stuff, we
1: could do that.
3: No, you could. could bring it we up, just and I'll say to.
0: I'll say that's fair. But this past playoffs, when he literally had a grade two hamstring, I'm not gonna. Hold oh, that too much no, we, we
2: can definitely bring up the, the time when Manu blocked him. We could definitely bring up the time when he had like <laughs> what ten turnovers in the game. We can do, that. do I that. that. I mean, they had, I mean he yeah, has yeah. some bad moments. Yeah, we don't do that that I mean, want to do that. We but could Steph, definitely bring up twenty twelve finals where he played like absolute terrible Yo, go garbage. Going on, Steph. Going on. But Steph,
0: Steph is first year as a player that's trying to lead a team first? to the playoffs. Yes. Yo, you got to make the, the, the playoffs. narrative Whoa. is horrible.
1: That's not the first. It's not his first. Twenty fifteen was the first. No, 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 no.
2: Even before that, 20, 2014, 2013. Said, well said. Those Wait, were his Clay? years. With Clay? Clay wasn't Clay. Clay was still really was, good. But Steph was the man. He was, was the, the leader, and they went to the playoffs. Was. They wasn't even supposed to beat Denver. I'm not Steph Listen, was the you reason, have reason they beat, beat Denver. Yeah, yeah, but Denver, we
0: knew their problem, though, They were third seed. We knew what Denver was. They had a bunch of role players. They didn't have a true star.
3: Denver never had a true
0: star. They had a lot of great role players. You know, Ty Lawson, Gallinari, Chandler. Steph can't beat those guys? Come
2: on. He says he, he the guy who nice. couldn't beat Jonathan Simmons, Patty Mills, when Tim Duncan, Kawhi, and them didn't play. LeMarcus
0: Marcus Aldridge, Aldridge. You forgot about him.
2: He didn't play that game. That series, they're, they're the, the stars didn't play. No, Kawhi didn't. It was all the stars didn't play. He played the bench and he lost. Yeah. You
0: want to bet game six?
2: It wasn't game. I didn't say game six. I said there was a game in that series where the stars didn't play. They got hurt, and James Harden went up against them and he lost.
0: I mean, we'll fact check that. But all, yeah. I, all right. I know is I'll that Steph, sure. yeah. he had a chance last year to make the playoffs, and he what didn't. What was the this Twenty. No, it
2: wasn't seventeen. Was it seventeen? Twenty sixteen. Sixteen. You're ridiculous.
0: I mean, you're the one that said you don't think it. You don't. There's a sizable no, I gap. Playing. I was playing. I was playing. I mean,
2: of course you're playing because James okay. Harden is better, so there can't be a sizable. No, gap. no, no. Steph Curry is a top five player in the league. Harden's not, so he's not better than
0: James Harden was a top five player last year. So yes, yeah, I mean, Steph is always. I mean, he had a top always, five season last year. He's so.
2: always been a top five player since 2015. Now, now last 16, year, since 20 well, he not didn't last play. year when he plays. Okay, he's been a top five. So he's player. you're
0: telling me he has durability concerns too. Are we doing? Don't so, <laughs> Sir, that's what you're telling me right now. I, <laughs> on, I want buddy. the guy that's going to be
2: healthy. Yeah, who chokes all the time. Man, okay. He
0: doesn't choke all the time. These I mean, past three postseasons, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, He's been phenomenal. You put some respect on James yeah. Harden's name. He's the bearded one.
2: Yeah. Didn't he's you guys the almost one. lose to Oklahoma City? Thunder?
0: <laughs> Wait, who are you talking about?
2: <laughs> you said James Harden. The last three years, that's what you said. Sarmax. Lost
0: to OKC. OKC was a really great team. Oh,
2: that team was really and good. And
0: Russell Westbrook didn't uh, play either.
2: He did play. He just was garbage. Oh, yeah. He no, was coming yeah, off yeah. injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: Russell West was getting played for the first two, three oh, games. Oh, no, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. And then
2: he played, and he was garbage. Didn't mean
1: much.
0: I mean, I'm just saying, man. I
1: know. can't find... Oh, wait, I can just look at games played.
0: you're horrible at finding <laughs> stuff at <demo> Google <laughs> reference.
1: Kawhi did not play a game.
0: Oh, yeah, that was game six.
1: Uh, who else are we looking at? Manu played... Tony, Marcus Aldridge. Tony Parker only played two of those games. Mm. Already washed. Lamarcus Aldridge <laughs> played all six.
0: Yeah, he's crazy. Okay, you said Lamarcus Aldridge missed the game. I though. didn't say la. Yes, you did.
1: You did. I said it's the stars. You did.
0: Lamarcus Aldridge is the star. He was a star. What are you talking about? Dejounte, DeJounte did
1: not play one game. He was a six man at the time. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, but you said Lamarcus. That's what pardon this me, was me. about. But
2: TP and Kawhi did not play. Don't you dare say he was washed. Don't even think but about. But
0: Lamarcus that. was the star on that team. He wasn't.
2: Kawhi was all star and TP. Kawhi was the star, was the star
1: of the team.
0: It was a, it was both. They were both the stars of the team. Look at the <laughs> look at what Lamarcus
1: averaged that right, series. It. That series he averaged 19 basically. Valid, 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 valid.
0: Very valid. Lamarcus was was good, bro. He yeah. was their star. He was. He was their star with along with Kawhi. That's why I'm saying. And you,
1: Harden did average the most points in the series. Of course yeah. he did. That's what he's gonna do. And he also choked.
0: I mean he had a yeah, he choked in that game six, but let's not act like he had the He
1: didn't have um, help. He did not Ariza was mid, 14.5, I guess, out of Ariza. That's good. That is actually good yes. for Ariza. Yes, 13 from Clint Capella, 12.3 from Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, 11, Pat Bev, 10.7. Lou Will average seven points. I mean, just
0: you naming that roster, that's not a good roster That's oh. the roster that Harden has had to carry oh, the majority of Houston's career.
1: This is what we're going to do. Now.
0: Steph hasn't had to carry rosters like that, bro. That's,
1: and, I, and to Harden's defense, he had to go against, arguably the greatest team ever. Assembled. He also played
2: he also played, you know, Steph Curry before that year, and lost in Boston five. So he, we have to stop with this.
0: In a WCF. He also
2: played Dame, and Dame hit a game winner and ended that too. So let's cut it out. He's, he's played others. You know, he also played Kevin Durant. He lost that one too. Wait, wait
0: hold up. You're, you're telling me, D- w- wait, he played KD. He played OKC his first year he got to Houston.
2: He lost.
0: Their best, their second best player was Jeremy Lin. That's fair. With Russ no. and KD that's, that's fair to say No okay, it was Chandler Parsons
2: It was Chandler Parsons
0: Okay whatever yeah. Chandler Parsons He was, nice was alright Parsons all right. was, was okay all right. But come on You're telling me Okay like But what on. about
2: Dame Come on Dame hit a game
1: winner Ended that Like let's stop Giving this guy <laughs> <The Marcus Alders laughs> Dwight was Howard was on that team Dwight Howard was on that team nah, the, Never.
0: Dwight Howard had a great series <laughs> But <laughs> that Portland team Was good man But so was that, <laughs> that Houston team. So was It was even You can say that was even shouldn't have
1: lost To that Portland team I mean it was okay But
0: I'm gonna say this You talk about the WCF You talk about the WCF with Golden in 2015. Yeah. Dwight was playing. Drew, if you. Dwight wasn't Dwight. Just because Dwight year, wasn't
2: Dwight doesn't mean. Right, he, what am I looking that's
0: not, that's not, that's Look at Houston Rockets' 2015 roster. <sighs>
2: oh my God. Look at their they starting lineup. Seed.
0: Because Harden was that great. Like, he lifts these teams up. But Tw- you're not
1: 2015, about. 2015, 2016 or 2014, 2015? 2014. 2015. 2014, All right, Here we go. Ariza, Pat Bev, Corey Brewer, Clint Capella. Clint
0: Capella was not. He wasn't was a rookie He wasn't was a rookie
1: yeah, he was not good. Uh, Troy Daniels, uh, not that that matters, James Harden, Dwight Howard, Terrence Jones, uh, Pablo Prigioni, Josh Smith, Jason Terry.
0: That team went to the WCF. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, stop acting like Harden has had this bomb squad. He's never had the squad that Curry has had, bro. No, no. I never, I never said that.
1: Whoa. Never.
0: Never. Well, now he
1: does. In 2018? Nah. Nah. Man, that 2018 team was good. Nah, he's as, never
2: had the KD in it. But now he, KD, now he does. He's never had that. Now he does.
1: now he does. But it's saying that Curry team in 2015, he's never had a team like that.
0: The Curry team in 2015, Raymond, Clay, Draymond, we Chris Paul, Harrison no. Barnes, 2018. I mean, I guess that's as closest to it. But then again, like, it's Chris Paul? Then who's the third star?
2: But it's just because they're not stars. Don't mean they didn't fit
3: their. I know they're they're,
0: It was a great team, but Golden State had the star power too. I mean, Eagle Dollar took a reduced role as an all-star. To go to Golden to State, he was an all star. Oh, he took yeah. a reduced yeah. role to go to Golden to State.
2: So th- that actually helps my point because you just said Denver didn't have an all star. Iggy was on that team. He averaged twelve a game. No, don't do that. You just said. You
1: <laughs> just said. But he, <laughs> aver- <you> just, he <laughs> gotta gotta averaged twelve though. a game. Yeah, he you just got got said that. You but look him. at
0: look at Iggy's oh. all star He averaged twelve a game. But you just said. Iggy but I'm was saying all-star. here.
1: Listen, Harden averaged thirty, but then he had CP averaging eighteen point six. Eric- no,
0: yeah, th- no. Twenty eighteen was Harden's best team. And they took the best team assembled in history to seven games. Yeah, for sure. That's what
2: I'm saying. You're saying to say he's never so, at it?
0: No, but we're talk- I mean, he's never had Curry, Clay, Draymond, KD. KD. No, Let's stop no, that. But, no,
2: actually, but he now he has KD, he Kyrie, Joe Harris. No, no, that's Patty. why I said outside
0: of now used he to, has
2: it. You used to knock Curry for it. Now that. he has it. When Harden has that now.
0: No, I used <laughs> to knock Curry for it because... All everybody wanted to act like was Curry was doing this by himself. And my okay. my main concern, my main problem with it was like, let's stop acting like Curry's not favored every single night. He is. He absolutely is. James Harden, he had to get it out the mud, bro. He had to get <laughs> it out of Compton. You look at the Rosses exactly. that he's been with, like, come on, bro. You're about to, yo, come on. He did the re- start from the, the reason why he has those bad playoff moments is
2: because. He was a lottery pick.
0: Third pick in the draft.
1: But OKC kind of threw him away like he was trash. I mean, but that don't mean he got it out to damn mud. But that Houston roster, he made it out the mud with that squad. He, he's lucky he went
2: there to become who he is now. I I mean. Lucky. Yeah, would have yeah, been I a, know. If he stayed at OKC, would have been, been a, a third fiddle. If he stayed at OKC. He would have been Chris Bosh.
0: No, no, no. This is what I'm going to say. If he stayed in OKC, not only is OKC a dynasty in terms of how many championships they win, but... We are viewing James Harden as a more glorified Manu Ginobili. That's good. That's so cute. I mean, what do you mean? That's a Hall of Fame player. No, it is. But we view
2: Steph as the second greatest point guard in life.
0: If OKC, <laughs> if OKC, <laughs> stays, life. If OKC stays assembled, Curry does not win no championships, bro. Let's keep it a buck. That's a fi- Let's keep it a buck. That's,
3: that is that's, very
1: bad. That's about to say.
0: Very so I'm just saying, say. like, come on. He still Let's, gets
2: an MVP and all that good stuff. Though. I mean, we don't know. Well, we know none of KD and them wasn't going to get it.
0: I mean, maybe if we're not viewing Harden as that superstar, they can still definitely get it with just Katie and Russ.
2: Unless, you, unless Katie has a LeBron year.
0: <clears throat> I mean, he could, but I mean, the difference the with hell? the difference, uh, the difference with this. the difference with that OKC team was that it was built through the draft. The reason why they didn't give LeBron the MVP was because they joined forces, mm. you know. So now that this team is built through through the draft, they don't view it in that lens.
2: Interesting, that's interesting. Like,
0: Golden State was a great team in 2016 when Steph was unanimous MVP. They didn't knock him for having a great team because he had a great season, but then once KD joined, they're like, okay, now nobody on this roster can win because they joined forces. But when you build through the draft, I think it's a bit different. You can still win the MVP because it's not that stigma around it. Stop disrespecting my mans, bro. (laughs) Bro, he's bugging. He's bugging. Come on.
1: He's bugging in some of the things he's saying, but –
0: Let's let's move on to the next topic, right? Because uh, I think this is going to be interesting. The Miami Heat, right? They they made some offseason moves this past offseason. They got Kyle Lowry. They got a huge get in PJ Tucker. And this, we're going to debate it. We're going to debate this right now because we saw this on Twitter somewhere. Who's more valuable to the Miami Heat, PJ Tucker or Tyler Hero? And I know when people hear that, they're like, oh. How are you comparing a two-point per game score to a 15-point per game score? But well, we know Tucker's a, a first ballot Grit and Grind Hall of Famer. If they had a grit and grind. Made that up. If they had a grit and grind hall of fame yep. with guys that featured Bowen mm. and Tony Allen yep. and Ben Wallace? PJ Ben Wallace. PJ Tucker is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. That, that's what I'm gonna say right now. Who's more valuable to this Miami team? Harrow or Tucker?
2: Well, first of all, I'm You know, first ballot, grid and grind. That's tough. He's the worst offensive player I've ever seen in my (laughs) life. But, you know, his value on the defensive end is extremely high. His switchable defense. He can guard one through five. He can hit the corner three at a very high clip. With Miami, you know, it's tough because this team was a top ten defensive team in the league last year with Tyler Harrell on the team without P.J. Tucker. The team the, the the Miami Heat, what we all have been speaking about is they need a little bit more offense. We feel like this team, you know, going into the playoffs, they need a guy who can hit shots. You know, they, they they just need a little bit more offense. We felt like in the Milwaukee series they kind of felt overwhelmed. You know, defensively they were fine. Giannis actually didn't play like at an elite level. That was actually his worst series if you look at all the in four that, series. In that, yeah, run, yeah. in that run, but just way below his averages too. It was I think it was like twenty three the rebounds are there, but it was like twenty three points per game. But they couldn't keep up offensively, you know? So I think in terms of value, you know, Tyler Harrow is more valuable because of the fact that he's young. He's more valuable to the franchise in terms of his potential, his offensive game. The three-point shot is the most valuable skill in the NBA, and Tyler Harrow does that at a high clip. So with that being said, from off the catch, off the screen, you know, a creation, Tyler Harrow does it all better at the three-point level, aside probably from the corner, because P.J. just stands there all day. But... That is why I would say Tyler Harrow in a in a game where offensive offensive minded people are much more hyped up than defense. I think
1: Tyler Harrow is more valuable. I'll make mine brief because I'm basically on the same lines of Riv and I'd rather just comment back off what you say, you know, your your <laughs> argument. Cause I don't want to just reiterate exactly what he's gonna say. Defensively, what's their identity? Defense for sure. So that's where Tucker's presence is going to be felt and that's where getting him and really solidifying that identity of being probably the best defensive team in the league is is strong for short and that's where his value lies now i've been on record saying that i don't believe they're a championship contender because they lack the offensive talent or the offensive just the ability to 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 have multiple players on their squad to to average more than 20 points now, I don't think Tyler Hero is a 20-point-per-game scorer yet. Could one day he potentially be that? Sure. But he is one of their better offensive players as of right now. And I feel as if since they need offense right now, that's why Tyler Hero is more valuable than P.J. Tucker. But for the fact that P.J. Tucker and, and what the Miami Heat are going for identity-wise, I, I understand that argument too. But solely off what Miami needs right now, has to be more valuable in that sense
0: the reason why pg tucker stands in the corner is because he's effective from there why become an electrician if you're good as a plumber i think he's a great three-point shooter he should stay there 40 percent <laughs> from three he does his thing from the corners and it doesn't matter which one right or left he's effective at both spots man this guy is lights out from that area when we talk about a player <laughs> who averages two points per game people are obviously and they you know Shrug it off and say, obviously, hero is more valuable. Like you mentioned, Drew, the Heat's identity is on defense. I think they got offense with Kyle Lowry. I think that was a guy who's gonna—he's gonna do more than just score. He's gonna be a great playmaker for them as well. When we talk about PJ Tucker, I think he's an assassin. What he's an hell? assassin on the defensive side of the ball. The reason why the Heat players struggled so much in the playoffs was because of PJ Tucker's defense. Heat player shot seven for 25, 25% from the field when guarded by P.J. Tucker. I mean, that's like four coin flips trying to land on heads. You you make four coin flips, one of them has a chance to land on heads. That's how great of a defender P.J. Tucker is. The reason why Jimmy had a hard time, P.J. Tucker's defense. He shot 17% from the field against P.J. Tucker. That is how great Tucker is. Tyler Hero, he's a good score. Every single Bucks player shot above 50% on Hero in, in, the, in that first round, which is why they couldn't stop nobody. Hero couldn't stop anybody. You know, rookie season had a great playoff run, but that second year was very tough. This is PJ Tucker on notable players in the playoffs Bogdan Bogdanovich made him shoot 33% from the field. Trey Young. Shot 37% from the field and 25% from three on Tucker. Chris Paul shot 21% from the field. People talked about, yo, Chris Paul was disappearing in the finals. Why do you think that is? Because of P.J. Tucker's defense. Andrew Holiday, of course, because this guy, (laughs) man, he's just an amazing defender. Mm -hmm. The Heat right now look at the Eastern Conference and they say, our biggest threat are the Brooklyn Nets. Who is the best player? That gets put on Kevin Durant. Who does the best job on KD? That's P.J. Tucker, man. That's P.J. Tucker, man. This guy, looking at what he does on defense, his footwork, his aggressiveness, the masterclass, it's something to learn from. If you're a defender at home, you got to learn from this guy because this guy plays with so much heart. He's a sneaker champion. Kevin Durant shot 45% from the field and 31% from three against Tucker. Now, that sounds good, right? It sounds, wow, those aren't bad Wait, what numbers. what the
2: numbers again? I'm sorry.
0: 45% from the field and 31% from three. Three is terrible. You know, you see those numbers and you're like, yo, man, you know, KD, you say Tucker stopped him, but KD was doing his thing. You're right. Kevin Durant's normal averages are 51% from the field and 40% from 3 mm. Tucker is the KD stopper, or at least the closest thing we have to the KD stopper in the NBA. If somebody asks me, you want to put Kawhi on KD or Tucker, I'm taking Tucker all day. I'm taking P.J. Tucker all day. I think P.J. Tucker, he gets into KD's head. Not only is he a great defender, he's physical, but he talks. He yaps a lot. And KD gets in his head sometimes. You saw in the playoffs, they were, face, they were face-to-face. Tucker was in his grill. And I think he does that. He's an intimidator. This guy, P.J. Tucker, is a, is a guy that I would love to have on my team any day of the week. And if I were a basketball player, I would model my game after P.J. Tucker. So I who's more
2: valuable? You didn't answer that. I,
0: it's P.J. Tucker, obviously. Yeah. I think I, I I think my stats speak for themselves. It's P.J. Tucker. I think Tyler Hero is a great score. But when you're talking about a defensive stopper, it's, or no, good score. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about a defensive stopper and what the Heat need. That's P.J. Tucker. This is,
2: this is where I feel like your 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 uh argument, you know, you, you threw up some very nice stats. I'm not going to lie. I did not know a lot of that. I'm not even going to lie. It's a Tucker, P.J. Man. Tucker, he's played a lot of defense on a lot of great players, and he's done his fair share. Here's the thing, though. With Brooklyn, you know, we saw the Bucs. They had P.J. They had Drew Holiday. You know, they had Chris Middleton. They had Giannis. They had all-world defenders on their team. And, you know, aside from Harden, obviously, because of the grade two, whatever, I forgot. Hamstring. Thank you. The grade two hamstring. We've seen Kyrie, you know, who shoot very effectively. We've seen KD in general just shoot pretty effective. You know, he had a bunch of 50-point games, 40-point games. We've seen them still and be the offensive juggernaut that they are as a team. And I think the reason why Milwaukee won was, of course, because the Nets weren't healthy. And because they were able on offense, Giannis was going off. Chris Middleton at home was going off. They, you know, Drew Holiday on some days was going off. I think when you have defense, defense can only take you so far in the league. When you look at the last 10 championships, the Warriors were top five in offense and defense. The Cavs were the only exception. The Cavs in Dallas, no, Dallas was actually a great elite defensive team. Cleveland was the only exception, the 3-1 comeback, when they weren't top 10 on the defensive end. But you look at the Spurs, top 10 in offense and defense. You, uh, the Lakers, the Lakers yeah. top 10 in offense. I think defensively it matters, but I think Miami already has that. You know, I think where they lack is when they don't have any offense. And I think it, if Tyler Hero makes that jump, which you drafted him to make, You know, then you're talking about a team that can really go to the finals and make some noise.
0: You know, when, when I think Tyler Hero and P.J. Tucker are polar opposites. Of course. Because when you talk about one of the more overrated players in the league who got an absurd amount of hype after last year's playoff run, or two seasons ago playoff run, that's Tyler Hero. He's now becoming that overrated category. P.J. Tucker is the most underappreciated player in the NBA. If the Bucks don't trade for P.J. Tucker, they don't make the NBA Finals. They don't win a championship. P.J. Tucker was tasked with guarding Kevin Durant, did a great job on him. But look at this. P.J. Tucker had the second-best offensive rating on the Bucs in that playoff run. Mm. He was second in point differential. First was Drew Holiday. Who had the second-best defensive rating on the Bucs? That was P.J. Tucker. First was Giannis. Who had the highest net rating on the Bucks. Mm. First was P.J., Second was Giannis, and third was Holiday.
1: Can you explain to me real quick what net rating no, is? the offensive one is funny because Drew being number one and Giannis not can, being like— you explain like, real quick what net rating is?
0: Net rating is how many points you beat a team by. Thank you. So that means that P.J. Tucker, when he's on the floor, he's, they okay. the Bucks outscore Thank you. Okay. the teams way it more. It makes
2: sense. Well, okay, okay, I get so it. So
0: I'm saying, you know, so just to reiterate, P.J. Tucker, he's first. No, P.J. Tucker is second in point differential He's second in offensive rating. Drew Holiday is first. Tucker had the second best defensive rating. Giannis was first. And Tucker had the highest net rating. Second was Holiday. Third was Giannis. All I'm saying is that in this in the Bucks playoff run, the players that get praised are Holiday, Giannis, Middleton, respectfully so. But without PJ Tucker, they don't win the NBA championship. That's, I'm going as far to say that.
2: But I can I can easily easily say without Tyler Harrow Miami doesn't make their magical run in the bubble and it's the same thing that you just said that if PJ Tucker isn't there Milwaukee let me let me ask you this talk to in me
0: in that magical run do I, do I get to have Tucker on the heat because if I do I think they win the finals okay
2: so let's do this in this little Bucks run is the Nets healthy yeah then all that that you just said, throw it out the window because But you thought the Bucs would beat the healthy. Me personally, guys. I did. You did it. I
0: didn't, but I thought it was a seven. Yeah, but I thought it was seven you series, didn't. seven game series. Yeah,
2: I didn't. I thought the Bucs was gonna win.
0: But I, I thought that the Bucks game changer that season was getting Tucker. Once they got to, and we said it on the podcast. We did, we I said did. I said PJ Tucker, if he goes to the Nets, he's a game changer for them. If he goes to the Bucs, he's a game changer for them with the Heat as well. I thought if he went to Boston, he would have helped them a lot as well. I thought wherever Tucker went, he was a game changer. Personally, I think if he went to Utah, knowing what they need defensively, Utah's in the finals. Utah's in the—they beat the Clippers, and Utah's in the finals. Interesting.
1: But what good is P.J. Tucker's defense if they're barely cracking 100 points a game?
0: They'll crack 100 points. They'll crack 100 points. Because I think P.J., even though he's not a great offensive player— He's gonna give you those eight boards a game. He's gonna hustle his butt off.
1: I'm waiting to see how this translates to offense.
0: For example, (laughs) what team? Are we talking about the Heat right now? Yeah. I think Kyle Lowry 18 a game.
2: Jimmy Duncan's gonna be about 14, 20
0: a game. Duncan 14 a game. Bam, giving you giving you 18 to 20 a game. Tyler 12. Tyler 12, but he averaged 15 last year. Oh, if you think he does better, yeah. You know, 15. I don't know. If we just add that up, Victor gonna come back and give you
2: about 10. 10 or 13, yeah. yeah Victor's going to do that. Sure. They're going to have about six, seven, maybe eight guys in double-digit scoring. Just nobody cracking like the 22s, 23s, 24s. But they're going to have a balanced attack on offense. And plus, Jimmy's clutch. You know, regardless of what happened last year, Jimmy's I agree. a clutch player I agree. in the fourth quarter.
0: But I think this is what they want their identity to be. They want to be—
2: Well, I think their identity is defense, defense. with or without P.J. And that's it's shown yeah, in the but, league. Of course, it PJ, takes him to a PJ different level. P.J.
0: adds to that. Yeah. You know, for example, Detroit making a trade for Rasheed Wallace. That's like <laughs> the Heat getting P.J. That's like the Bucks, honestly, making a trade for P.J. That's like the Detroit getting Rasheed. That, that's that's how important I think P.J. is. I, I know it sounds funny because the points per game is off, but. I just you think know, the
1: league is so much more talented offensively that. We're not going to see a team like the Pistons for a long time. And I don't think the Heat are that Pistons team. I
0: agree with you. I think that the Pistons, we're not going to see a team like the Pistons because that was perfectly assembled. And the only reason they won was because I think the Lakers' dysfunction just reached its highest peak. They, you know, Shaq and Kobe were already.
1: Feuding. Done. It
0: passed feuding. They were done with each other. So I think there were so many variables that went into that championship. But I do think we can see a team in the next couple of years, not a couple of years, but like in the next 10 years, you know, win a championship having that defense first identity. And you know, I can see it. I don't know who's it going to be, but I can definitely see it happening. I feel happening like San
2: again. Antonio was that in, in, in 2013, 14. I feel like they, they probably, yeah, they, they were because they didn't,
0: you know, Tim Duncan was past his prime. Tony Parker was they great. They were more defense, but not all star. Yeah, Kawhi player. was not Kawhi yet. Good points. Mm.
2: Good point. I think that was definitely... I think Golden State kind of adapted that, too, The defensive-minded. First, like, we're going to play defense and then it's going to lead to our offense. Same with Miami. You know, a lot of their, you know, fast-break offense was because of their defense and how in the defensive end they got a lot of steals. You know.
0: One day we have to have P.J. Tucker on the show for an interview. No, we don't. I got to let him know, you know, how valuable he is as a player, man. I know he probably understands it, too. He's the most underrated player in the league. If he went to Brooklyn... It's over, man. That's the bomb squad right there.
1: Now, whoever said the Spurs, excellent, excellent, excellent comparison. That was riff. 2013 Spurs. Right. That's a, bro. Uh, the highest average was 20 from, from Tony <laughs> Who Parker. Was it? Tony LTP? Parker. Talk about he washed. Tim Tim. No, Dun- he wasn't no, an all star. That was, that was his bet, like one of his best years, in my Just opinion. Because he's not an all star doesn't mean he's a Wait, washed.
0: no, I didn't say washed. No, we were was talking about Harden. That like, was two uh, years washed. later.
2: Go look at Tony Parker, real quick. Just real quick, just take, a, right. dive, take a dive. I'll just
0: look at it, bro. Let Drew let yeah. finish what he's doing.
1: No, I mean, regardless, th- it was 20 from him, 17 from him after that, a bunch of 11, 11, yeah. 11, 10. Tag. Yeah. All right. Tony, in 2015, he averaged Ten six points. Less per points. game
0: in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> 10 in the
2: playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, he's watched it. He you went from 20, stop so twenty in,
1: from twenty twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, then sixteen point seven in twenty thirteen twenty fourteen, then eleven point nine. I'm sorry, fourteen point four, and then eleven point nine. Yeah.
0: Then he went to Charlotte.
1: Ah, oh, right. I wish he never did that. Yeah, he should have just retired. Yeah. yeah.
0: Actually, the year they faced Houston in the playoffs was the sixteen seventeen season, and Tony oh, Parker 16-17? averaged ten points in the playoffs that that year. Yeah, Kawhi averaged twenty five. Aldridge averaged seventeen. Gasol was actually the third best player out 12. I remember
2: oh, Gasol was there.
0: Gasol was good that year, too. That, was, a, that was after he went to Chicago and had a, a great year for them as well. Great, too. Talking miss. about Chicago, we're going to talk about Zach Levine, their star player right now. And we're going to debate right now because when we talk about the best shooting guards in the NBA, we talk about Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, because he's transitioned to that point guard full-time, we don't put him in that class anymore, but I think James Harden, we can all agree right now, is a is a point guard. So the top shooting guards in the league right now, Zach Levine, Devin Booker, and Donovan Mitchell. Statistically, there's an argument for Zach Levine being over Mitchell and Devin Booker. I guess you can put Bradley Beal in that argument as well. Do you think Zach Levine is better than Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? I'll start with you, Riv.
2: Um. No, you know, what? you know, it's interesting that you said that statistically, like statistically, I think Zach matches up with any of these guards. You know, I think, you know, what a lot of the times you've seen guys put up numbers on bad teams, their efficiency isn't always the highest. But you see him with Zach, you know, 50 percent from the field, 40 percent from the three point line. He shot, I believe, in the 80s from the free throw line. He was really efficient throughout the year. And I think that was a credit to the fact that he was just a really – a high, he's a high-volume scorer, but he's a also – he takes really good shots. You know, he gets to his spots whenever he wants to. And that was an improvement in his game. I think, you know, the thing that's putting Donovan and Devin over the top are the playoffs. You know, I think both of those guys have shown, even though Devin has only been one year, he's obviously shown that he can prolong this type of play throughout into the playoffs where he gets late in the season, deep in the season. And then we've seen this from Mitchell – for 3 4 years now he's he's a certified playoff performer he knows what to do he knows how to get it going he's in dominated stars from Westbrook to Paul George to now even you know Kawhi and Paul George you know he's put up numbers on any team in any series so i think you know Donovan for me would be one Devin two Zach three and we talk about just those three guys because Zach doesn't have the playoff experience and we don't know what he's like deep in the may deep in the june deep in uh july i th- we know what those two guys are like
1: I feel like right now you have to have Riv's order, but I feel like for me personally, I think Mitchell is definitely one. I feel like he has put himself a, a little bit of distance between these two guys, but you really look at it. Booker and Levine is a lot closer than what the NBA playoffs have told you or have told, you know, someone who really only watches during playoff time. Now, Booker has been one of my guys from the very beginning. I, I've been a firm believer that he is one of the league's primary best scorers in the league by far and away. It's just he hasn't had it translate into wins until this season. Now, this season, he actually had one of the better playoff runs that we've seen. Uh, had had Kind of got cold against the Clippers. Pat Bev kind of gave him a bit of a fit. Same thing that happened in the Milwaukee series. He kind of had a... a His struggles efficiency-wise, but we're still putting up the scoring averages. Levine has a complete opposite kind of problem. His efficiency is amazing. He's one of the most efficient shooting guards in our game. He just doesn't have a translate to wins. But he hasn't had a winning team around him ever in his career up until this season. Now, where I do believe Mitchell has won and I do believe it's close between Booker and Levine right now, this season is the true test of whether Levine can separate himself and really become a primetime player in this league. If the Bulls actually start winning some games and and Levine's still averaging, I, I don't believe he'll average 28 again this season. Was that what he averaged? I'm 27. 27, 28. I think in order for the Bulls to win, they need he needs to take a hit points-wise but still remain as efficient as he normally was these past few years. What we saw out of Levine this past season was unorthodox, averaging over his his field goal percent was over 50%. His three-point shooting was unbelievable. I think it was like 42, 43, around that range. He was amazing last season, just didn't translate to wins. If he averages the same efficiency as he did last season into this season, but the Bulls actually start winning some games, he actually makes a, a decent playoff push. I wouldn't even say makes the ECF. Wins around maybe at best makes it to... Maybe they do make it to the ECF. I I doubt that happens. No way, no how. But if they, no disrespect, there's just that team's (laughs) better than you. But you guys win that first round. People will start to realize that Levine is actually built like that, and he is a premier player in our league.
0: I don't think it's close right now between uh, Zach Levine and Booker and definitely not Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, what he's done in the playoffs so far has been – Remarkable. For sure. Something that has not been rec- replicated by, you know, players. It's, it's cool to do it in a series. Yeah. It's cool to do it for a, for a year. But Mitchell has done it year after year after year. The one year that he struggled was against Houston where Eric Gordon did a great job. That was the year Houston went to the NBA Finals, I believe. I mean, no, to the West Conference Finals, I believe. It's but right, right now it's just not close, man. I, I know Zach Levine just had this breakout year 27 a game. Five rebounds, five assists. He had his uh, most usage as a pick and roll ball handler. And I see on Twitter a lot that people have Levine over Booker because of these counting stats. I understand Levine was efficient. Do I think he's a 42% three point shooter? No, I think he's closer to 37%. You know, I think that's where he's going to be around 37, 38%. What? Do I think he's above 40% year in and year out? I think this was. One year that wow. he did it, I don't see it happening again.
1: That's crazy. Even I mean, it's even not though even that much of a fall off. So even like though Levine,
0: even though Levine, it feels like he's just jumping on a scene now. He's been here for a while. You know, he has three seasons averaging twenty points per game, but he is twenty six years old. Devin Booker has five seasons averaging twenty. Booker is twenty twenty four. Donovan Mitchell has four seasons averaging 20. Mitchell is 24-25. Mitchell and Booker have more seasons averaging 20 than Zach Levine, and they're younger. They've been in the league for less years. And then you talk about the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, we know he's a bona fide playoff performer. I think he averages 29 points per game in the playoffs all around. That's like top six in, in the history of the NBA. Devin Booker, first year in the playoffs. Goes to the NBA finals. Zach Levine has yet to prove that. He just got back from Team USA, and I know that changes players for the better. So maybe he can do it this upcoming season. But Chicago, with Vucevic, DeRozan, and Levine and Patrick Williams, you know, what's really their ceiling? I'm not I'm not sure what's their ceiling. Are they an ECF team? It, depending on matchup, they have to have that favorable matchup. If they face Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the second round, they're they're done for. Are they can they beat Miami? I think that's they could beat Miami. Can they beat the Knicks? Absolutely not.
1: They can, can they, beat Miami, but they can't yeah. beat the Knicks. Can they
0: beat Atlanta? I think they can beat Atlanta. You know, yeah, so the, the three teams that I really see them losing to, you know, the Bucks, the Nets, and the
2: Knicks. <laughs> so,
3: you
0: know, they uh they have a chance, but they better hope they don't face any of those teams and they're bound to face one of them. That's just how the math goes. Uh,
2: yeah, I think you're right. I think Zach still has a lot to prove. You know, he still, you know, has. Oh, Jesus Christ. He still, you know, is going to. He still has to go into the playoffs. He starts to show he can lead a team. And I think, like you said, this is the first time that we've put a real team around him. You know, AK has done a phenomenal job of trying to build around Zach. And I think Zach, you know, Adding Zach on into the discussions, putting him in with every free agent move, I think that was huge. It shows Zach that we want him to be a franchise player, and look, he has the tools. I feel like to be that type of dominant player in the playoffs, it just we have to first see it.
0: You think he's better than Bradley Beal?
2: No, I think I don't think so.
0: You think so? You if you were if you had to rank the shooting guards,
2: I would go. Um, so
0: Kyrie's over as Levine too.
2: Yes, it would go Kyrie Mitchell. Booker. But Kyrie's one. Yeah, yeah. Kyrie's one. you are putting him over Mitchell. Yeah yeah, 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 Respectfully, Kyrie one, uh, Mitchell two. Okay. You go Booker three, then Beal four, then I got Zach at five.
1: I think I think I would have it: Kyrie, Mitchell, Beal. I probably ha- I should lean Booker because he just got it done in the in the playoffs. I mean, my
0: top five. I think I have. Um, well, I don't think I have. I know I have. Donovan Mitchell. I have Kyrie two. I have uh, Devin Booker, three. I think he's over Bradley Beal. I-, I have Bradley Beal, four. Zach Levine, five. And are we counting Chris Middleton as a two?
2: No. It depends on how much. I mean, uh, is he logged in minutes? A lot of minutes as a two? I'm not even sure. That's how I'm but based on our master.
0: lineups, uh, you got Drew. Then at the two, Dief and Shenzo. So probably not. So Middleton's a three. Then at six, if we're talking about this upcoming season and at the end, mm. probably RJ Barrett. He's going to be the, the sixth best shooting guard in the league. Now we're going to move on to the NFL portion of the podcast. Riv just left because he has a basketball game to attend. He's in a, he's in a men's league. The team's currently 0 5. <laughs> 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 we'll see if they win tonight. You know, he missed. He's going to miss the NFL portion of the podcast, so he better win tonight. Uh-huh. You know, I'm sure he's happy Drew told him at least drop 10 points. Yeah. So we'll see what he does. If he Rick,
1: doesn't drop 10, we're exposing him. 100%. Riff
0: says he's the best player on his team. You
1: know, I mean, if they're on five, that's not saying much. Yeah,
0: that's the, he's like Bradley Beal yeah. on the Wizards.
1: You're being generous.
0: So we're gonna talk Colin Sexton more. There more we like go. Okay, okay. So we're gonna talk about the NFL and let's go. The big headline today was that the Patriots cut Cam Newton and Mac Jones is the official starter for Week One, and that that's coming to a surprise to a lot of people because. Pre-draft, I think Mac Jones was the most picked on prospect. You can debate Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. But in reality, everybody thought Mac Jones was trash. He wasn't good. His body didn't look like an NFL quarterback. They knocked him for having talent around him. All these other different knocks. And he's been the highest graded quarterback in the preseason, even higher than Zach Wilson, who I think is special. Mac Jones, 92.5 to PFF grade, first among all quarterbacks. Not even rookies. First among all quarterbacks. He has the second highest PFF grade in the preseason as a rookie behind Mahomes. Really? Yeah, Mahomes is first.
1: Jeez. What was Mahomes, 93 or something? Probably like 93-something.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, Mac Jones has been the real deal. 388 passing yards, one touchdown, 97.3 QBR. He's been the real deal. So, my question is, do you think... Matt Jones starting was the answer.
1: I'm on record already saying that I thought that Matt Jones was going to start week one. Do I think he's the answer? Not this season. I don't think that the Patriots are going to be a contender for that division this season. I think that the Bills are going to be better than them. I think the Dolphins are going to be better than them. But I... I did understand why they named Mac Jones the starter. Mac Jones is going to be the future of this organization. He has years under his belt already. He came in, wasn't he, a four-year college football player? So he a four-year something there. around that. Now, I'm surprised solely at the Patriots releasing Cam Newton. The fact that he wasn't even able to be a backup to Mac Jones to maybe give him some kind of guidance in the sense of, you know what, Mac, this is what you did wrong in the play. I guess that, you know, Belichick really didn't hold any kind of regard to Cam Newton's status in the form of developing quarterbacks, maybe because he didn't think that Cam Newton was a great, you know, reader of the field or the best passer in general to really give any kind of critique to Mac Jones, which I I don't, I think that's pretty disrespectful. But ultimately, I believe that Mac Jones is the right answer for the Patriots in the future for sure. You've got a team right now. Pretty pretty young core. The defense is what's what's the older part of the squad for sure. But offensively, you know, Damian Harris is a young guy. Ramondre Stevenson is a young guy that that the Patriots have obviously shown some faith in. Traded Sony Michelle, made this guy the second string. Who knows what happens with that backfield? It's always been interchangeable. Now they have guys like Nelson Aguilar on the side, Kendrick Bourne, who's a young guy for sure. Hunter Henry, who I wouldn't say is young, but he's he's an older player for the fact that his body fails him year in year out. Janu Smith's a younger type player. The, the, as a whole offensively, that's that's their identity right now. So I don't under, I don't blame them for going Mac Jones, especially with the fact that he's played so well in preseason. I don't think that it'll benefit them this season, but I think going forward for sure Mac Jones is going to be solid for this team.
0: Back in March I said that Mac Jones is an absolute stud and the fact that people are sleeping on him is was ridiculous. I, I didn't understand it. Yeah. Watching Mac Jones, I thought, yo, this guy is the real deal. You know, maybe your Denver Broncos could have drafted and you guys would have had a franchise guy.
1: Listen, I wanted Fields. I, 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 I wanted Fields. I
0: do think Mac Jones is is a franchise quarterback, and I think that he will be the answer for them this year. You know, really? week week one, the Patriots face the Dolphins, 2-0 versus Mac. I believe Mac Jones is a better quarterback than two we're talking about Tagamaloa. I'm not high on Tua. You know that. I'm not high on Tua. I think, this Ma- season,
1: I'm telling I you, think man. Mac
0: is better than Tua, and I think the Patriots will be the second best team in the AFC East if the Dolphins don't trade for Deshaun Watson. That's that's a big if. Uh huh. If they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, because I think Mac Jones is going to be that good, I think the Patriots have a great core around him. They can win now. I trust Bill Belichick. If he thinks Mac Jones is ready to play, he's ready to play. Back in 2001, Drew Bledsoe was out. Tom Brady was in. Tom Brady proved to Bill Belichick that he was a really great quarterback. That's why he kept the job. Drew Bledsoe was coming off a big payday. He was the Patriots' number one overall pick. And Bill Belichick said to hell with that. Brady is better. And I think, looking at Cam, he has the bigger name. He has the resume. But Bill said, Mac Jones is better. I was surprised that they cut Cam because I thought he could have been a viable backup. And my theory—I have three theories on this. One of them could have been the COVID situation that you know the Patriots don't want to deal with that, and that's why they cut him. Second, it could have been Cam Newton once he once they told him, "Listen, we're going with Mac." Cam said, "If that's the case, release me. I want to have a chance to start somewhere else. I'd appreciate that." And they released him. My third theory probably could be that. Cam Newton was such a leader in that locker room that having him as the backup would have would have been a distraction because if Mac Jones played bad, now the players in it, on the team are like, yo, Cam is right there. Why aren't you playing Cam? Now there's some friction in the locker room. So that's my other theory on it. But I think Mac Jones is ready. I, I think he's ready. I, I, I tweeted this. I think he's going to be... A top two quarterback in his draft class. Okay. I think one is Zach Wilson, two is Mac Jones. Lawrence, I think, is going to be three, you know, teetering around okay. four or five. Okay. You know, Lance and Fields, you know, they're going to be around it. But I think the top two quarterbacks in this draft, career wise, I'm projecting here are going to be Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. And I think the AFC each has got a whole lot interesting with Josh Allen, Wilson, Jones, and Tua.
1: Something that just stuck out to me as I poked myself in the eye. Something that just stuck out to me, that thing you just said, is that you believe that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua. I can't let that go. Because the fact that he came back last season at all is incredible. Broken femur had one of the highest win percentages a rookie quarterback could have. Led his team to the playoffs. I believe they didn't make the playoffs. Apologize. The Browns made the playoffs over them. They kind of choked it to a degree. In part to Tua throwing three interceptions in the first half. I can I can admit that Tua didn't have the greatest showing in that sense right in that particular game but the fact that he was even on the field at all when one Fitzpatrick was already doing his thing and and they already were winning games with Fitzpatrick doing the job but then Tua comes in and they don't miss a beat win-wise they're still winning games and the Browns finished 11 and 5, and it wasn't as if the, the Dolphins went out. Sorry, I'm, what they go 10 and 6 if you have it right there The for Dolphins? Me. Yeah, they went 10 and 6. So it's they had a more than respectable season in, in Tua's first year. Now, Tua is getting a training camp, which he didn't have last season. And Tua has been lighting it up all preseason, except for the very first day. You said what he'd throw, three three interceptions, something like that. I train and practice, yeah. So then the next day, what does he go and do? Throws six touchdowns, zero interceptions. This, I'm telling you right now, Tua is the breakout player this season for sure. Dolphins are a lock for the playoffs this year.
0: You know, this is the thing, man. Will will Tua be a... Will he have a good statistical season? Yeah, he'll have that. But his ceiling is Jimmy Garoppolo. His ceiling is he's going to be a good quarterback. Uh But the Dolphins are always going to say... What if we drafted Herbert? You know, what if we drafted an actual franchise-changing guy? Because was a good quarterback, but is he franchise-changing? Is he next-level special? He's not next-level special. He is that quarterback that you say, I'm fine with him, but if there's an opportunity that I could get somebody better, I'm going for it. And that's the reason they want to trade for Watson.
1: That's exactly the reason they want to trade for Watson. Come on, bro. Any... If, even if I'm the Jets and I have the chance. Absolutely not. You're, you're crazy. Absolutely it's Deshaun not. Watson. No, it's Deshaun absolutely Watson. Absolutely not. There is literally.
0: With set, his problems, no. There is there is
1: there 60% 70, 60 to 65% of teams that right now would take their, their quarterback, throw it away for Deshaun Watson. It, it's Deshaun Watson. I don't blame them. Uh, and we're going to talk about this. It's a good segue regardless. I don't blame them for looking at Deshaun and thinking, okay, let's have him on our squad. It's Deshaun. In my opinion, I believe he is the most perfect quarterback in the league. He has the arm talent. He's mobile. His brain is one of the most advanced when it comes to reading defenses. He is just as perfect as it gets in my eyes, quarterback-wise. So do I blame the Dolphins for wanting to go get him? No.
0: Oh, I don't blame them.
1: It, it, it's, it makes crystal clear sense, but regardless of that fact, if they stick with Tua, Tua finally gets a full training camp. He has full confidence from his coach that just came out and said, regardless of rumors, this is our quarterback. Tua is going to light it up this year. He is a special, special talent. Arm-wise, he's one of the most precise throwers of the football. He, he is going to be amazing this year, for sure.
0: The Dolphins won't make the playoffs this year.
1: They went ten and six last year with Tua with no training camp,
0: and the schedule was easier. Now this year, I'm, I'm telling you, the Patriots are are not the Patriots of last year. They are the and Patriots And without
1: Gilmore for the first six weeks.
0: JC Jackson, John, JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones,
1: JC Jackson that got burned by a rookie Devonta Smith.
0: Devonta Smith is good, man. He
1: is really good. I'm not saying he's not, but I'm just saying. Um, well,
0: what if he got burned by Justin Jefferson last year?
1: But Justin Jefferson has the rookie record for receiving. So
0: yards. you don't think Devontae Smith could be could on Break that? the record? Not break it, but you don't think he could be a yeah, a great he can receiver? Be. He okay, can so be. He I'm can saying be. Devontae Smith is different. Yeah, he is. Where is Cam Newton going now? Is his career over?
1: It breaks my heart to say, truthfully, but I think it's over. I do think it's done. I felt like the Patriots, the fact that he had a full training camp after last season. I'm, I'm taking a a huge. Part of of last year's woes on a lot of people's circumstances to not having a training camp. Now he fu- he comes in has a full training camp. Actually has a, a off to learn the offense, and Patriots didn't think it was quite up to par of what they wanted. Now what other teams right now could he go to? We spoke about it on the last podcast. Mitch Trubisky really doesn't have that many options either. We thought that he could have if he really was like that he could have went to Washington. Do I think that Cam Newen at this current moment in time is better suited for Washington than Ryan Fitzpatrick? At this point in time, as much as it hurts me to say, I don't think so. I think that right now Ryan Fitzpatrick has just such a carefree mentality when it comes to throwing the ball that it brings him this confidence that actually leads to positive results more often than not. So with that being said, with Washington being my last resort right now, I don't see it. I don't see an opportunity for him right now.
0: The only teams I can see Cam going to are the Washington Football Team, Denver Broncos, the Colts, the Giants, and the Texans. With Washington, I think Fitz is better right now. Yep. And if Ron Rivera wanted Cam Newton, he would have signed him last offseason when Cam Newton was a free agent for a while.
1: He didn't sign him. Did Did Rivera bench Cam Newton for Kyle Allen?
0: I, Cam was injured Cam was hurt But the Denver But Kyle Allen Played so well That when Cam was healthy They still kept okay. him in there Okay The Denver Broncos I think Teddy's better Than Cam Newton. Yeah I think Teddy Bridgewater's better than Cam Newton. So I'm not mad at that Yeah Then you look at The Indianapolis Colts Can they be a team I mean Carson Wentz Is always hurt I don't trust Sam Ellinger I don't trust Jacob Beeson Agreed that could be a team, but I think Carson Wentz has already shown that he's insecure when a quarterback is in that room and he can play just as well as him at, at you know at their peaks. It happened with Nick Foles, right? So I think to secure Carson Wentz's confidence, you can't bring in Cam. I agree. You look at the Texans. Does Cam want to go to Houston? And I don't think so. Is Cam that much better than Tyrod Taylor right now? I don't know about that, man. Really? You know, Tyrod Taylor... He's made the Pro Bowl sooner. He, the last time Tyra Taylor's made the Pro Bowl was in 2016. Cam Newton made it in 2015, I believe. So oh, Tyrod Taylor is the most recent Pro Bowler between Cam and him. I'm not holding too much regard to that, but go ahead. I'm just saying, Tyrod Taylor has been, he hasn't been a bad quarterback. He hasn't been bad. Then the Giants. I think the Giants are Cam's best bet. If Daniel Jones stinks it up, which is possible, and Cam wants to go to a team to start, he can go to New York, and I think they have offensive weapons. They have an elite defense to where he can win with that team. But honestly, there aren't many teams. I know Dallas came up, but I think Dallas, he's a backup. He's not going to play over Dak. No. But Dak also has that shoulder injury, which could sideline him, so Cam could go there. It's just a lot of things, man. I think Cam Newton's career is over as we know it because he just hasn't improved as a passer throughout the years. I think... His injuries have gone to him and that's what happens with running quarterbacks. Running quarterbacks regress. And it's probably gonna happen to Lamar Jackson as well. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Cam. So? It might, you know, Cam Newton is what, 31, 32? Yep. That's a young for a quarterback. Is that, and is that his age? And we're talking about Cam Newton like he is forty, you know. Aaron Rodgers is thirty eight. He's still going strong. Yep. So Cam Newton, if you're a running quarterback, your lifeline is shorter than actual pocket passing quarterbacks on to the Miami Dolphins. It has been reported that they are interested in Deshaun Watson and the Miami Dolphins are the favorite to trade for Deshaun Watson. Another report came out today that a trade is not expected anytime soon. And the Texans might sit Watson for the entire year, but let's just say hypothetically, the Dolphins get Deshaun Watson. Does this put them at the top of the AFC? So that's in front of Buffalo. That's in front of New England. But the real test is Buffalo. Yeah. Does Deshaun Watson put Miami over Buffalo?
1: Deshaun puts the Dolphins into top two consideration in the AFC. Period. The Dolphins, as a whole, even without Deshaun right now, defensively they have one of the best defenses in the league, in my opinion. Overall, they 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 probably could have a better defensive line, secondary. They're pretty. They're pretty solid. Zayvon Howard being one of the Premier uh, corners in our league. Then you have Byron Jones, a solid defender. I think he's a, at this point a little bit overpaid, but maybe he just got a little comfortable given his contract situation. Maybe he'll be more more motivated given the fact that the Dolphins are actually like that. Now, offensively, weapon wise, there's no there's no issue here. You have Devonte Parker, who's a solid receiver. It's shown with Ryan Fitzpatrick when he's given the opportunity, he can make the most of it. Then you look to Jalen Waddle, who they just drafted this year. People are talking as if he could be the best receiver in this class. Which, hey, it's not it's not too far fetched to say he's a true talent, route runner. He's great. He's unbelievably fast. There's actually a video of him racing Henry Ruggs, and Henry Ruggs ran a four two eight, and Waddle beats him easily. And this is Waddle, who has a foot injury and was still able to beat Henry Ruggs. This dude, Waddle, is a special talent. Then you look at they added Will Fuller for a one year five million dollar contract, either five or ten. I doubt they that they'd give him ten, but something it was like, ten. Was it ten? Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So regardless of that, I do believe Will Fuller is a a great piece to have. Only thing that worries me now is if they're going to turn him to the Will Fuller of old. Given the fact that you know Will Fuller was opposite of DeAndre and it was basically go routes and that he couldn't sustain that and his hamstring would go every other season. If I think it was every season up until this most recent one that he got busted for steroids, trying to avoid some kind of injury like that. So receiver-wise, they're stacked. You look at Mike Gasicki, one of the top tight ends in the league. I wouldn't say he's in that elite three tier with Kittle, Waller, and, uh,
3: Kelsey, Kelsey, excuse
1: me. Mark Andrews, I think he's a, he's also a tier above him. But then you could, you could argue Gasicki's right underneath Andrews Running back could be better. I like Gaskin. Gaskin really was solid up until that injury, and he came back. They kind of like lost confidence and giving him the rock for some reason, but he was very serviceable in that time before his injury. O-line, they have a decent O-line, it, it, and you have Deshaun Watson. It, it doesn't really matter, the O-line. He's shown that with Houston having one of the worst O-lines, even with Laramie Tunsil out of left tackle, he can still be as effective as any quarterback in the league. So with Miami he'd be getting an upgrade even even more so not saying much given the fact how bad Texans were. But regardless, he doesn't he's already shown he doesn't need much. And now you add Deshaun to an already 10 and 6 team, you're looking at probably an addition of 3 wins in my opinion. So that's 13-3 which automatically throws him right in the conversation with the Chiefs, Bills, Right there, the Bills went thirteen and three last season too. So you add, which I already think is the best all around quarterback in Deshaun Watson, to a team that won ten games, it's no doubt that they could be a true competitor for the AFC. So you hit,
0: you hit the hammer right on the nail because I think that the Dolphins have a lot of offensive talent, and even behind Waddle, Fuller, and Devontae Parker, you got Jakeem Grant, you have Preston Williams, Preston, you have yep. Albert Wilson. Yep. They have guys even behind their starters that are actually serviceable. I don't think the offensive line is good. I think, I don't even th- know if they're average. I think they're bottom 20, mm-hmm. but they are young. And like you said, Deshaun has shown he doesn't need a great offensive line. Without it, he performs. Last season, he had one of the most efficient quarterback seasons of all time with no number one receiver, with no great threat at tight end, with no real running back, with a bad offensive line. So Deshaun Watson has shown that with barely anything around him, he can be special. He can be extraordinary. So now he goes to Miami and he has that. He has a culture. And that defense, which is a top defense, they have one of the better secondaries in the NFL, and they're hoping that with the with drafting Jalen Phillips, they can have a better pass rush because after losing Shaq Lawson, their pass rush is going to take a dip. Yep. Christian Wilkins is the best guy on that defensive line. Can... Can, is that good enough to be a top defensive line? I don't think so. When you look at the Bills and the Dolphins, they are very similar. Agreed. They both have great receiving threats. They both have a great secondary. Their pass rush is average, but they both drafted rookies in Jalen Phillips and Gregory Rousseau to fill those voids. And they don't—they both don't run the ball great. You know, Miles Gaskin, more of a receiving back. Devin Singletary, more of a receiving back. They are very similar in the way that they have structured their teams. But when talking about the Bills and the Dolphins, if we talk about teams that are similar, what separates them is the quarterback. Do I believe Deshaun Watson is better than Josh Allen? I believe Deshaun Watson is better than Josh Allen. Yep. So because of that, if they get Deshaun Watson, they are at the top of the AFC East. And like you mentioned, they're probably at the top of the NFL. You know, right by right behind Kansas City. I would put them over Cleveland because Cleveland has Baker. Yep, Baker's good, but he's not Deshaun no Watson. Way. He's not even close to Deshaun nope. Watson. So now it's really between KC and Miami. And can Miami beat KC? I mean, they can. Last year they faced them with Tua, and at first they, they were pretty similar. Then Kansas City pulled away. But with Deshaun Watson, do they pull away like that? Probably not. So I think Deshaun could get it done, you know, in the playoffs. KC versus Houston. The Texans had a 24 point lead and they blew it. Yep. That could have been Deshaun's shot, but, you know, Casey blew it. I
3: know so I'm saying, saying. Yep. So
0: I'm saying Deshaun Watson to Miami, they are legitimate contenders. And I don't know if it happens this year because everything is pointing to Deshaun sitting out the year. And that's better for Miami because this year is the year that Miami gets to really evaluate Tua. Mm-hmm. You had an offseason, you had a good training camp. You had a good preseason. Now it's your time to see if you can lead us to the playoffs. If Tua doesn't lead him to the playoffs, if he has an underwhelming season, now Tua is is expendable. Mm -hmm. Now he's not that guy that we thought he was or that. Many people think he is. I don't think he's that guy, but that you think he is. So now it's two and two, three first rounders for Deshaun, and that's better for Miami because this court thing, this lawsuit is still – hovering oh, around yep. Watson's head. If you trade for him right now and you give up so many assets and first round picks, you might not see those back. And to Sean, if he gets acquitted now, this, you know, you're not going to have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it's better to wait next season when all of this is resolved. So, you know, okay, if I trade for Watson, I know that there's nothing else to worry about. I'm just getting Watson and now he has a full training camp because if you bring in him if you bring him in now, you know learning a new playbook system, all things that go into it, it's going to be difficult. So I think Deshaun makes them contenders. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is the year they'll trade for him, but I think eventually he's probably going to go to Miami. I agree. Now on to the AFC South predictions. We're gonna we're gonna give our predictions on the AFC South and AFC North. Normally we would have went team by team, but because we have basically two more episodes or three more episodes until the, the NFL season. season starts. We have to do this right now and just get these predictions over with so you guys have them. You guys can, can uh, you know make your opinions on them. Um, AFC South, who wins the division and why?
1: I am going to go the Tennessee Titans. Now, you know this shouldn't be too much of a surprise. They won it last year, given the fact that the Colts really didn't have a, a, a real gunslinger at QB. Colts were among the the, be- the league's best de- defenses. Their secondary was extremely solid. And Phillip Burrs did a great job of being a, a game manager, but you know, at times slinging it when he needed to be. But it could not be enough to, to surpass the Tennessee Titans and what they have offensively. And this is before getting Julio Jones, who is one of the best wide receivers the league has ever seen. People are counting him out. They, you know, Now that he had his first down year ever in his career, people are automatically going to assume that Julio Jones is done. But now you give him a younger Matt Ryan, in my opinion. Tannehill reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan, only that Tannehill's more mobile than Matt Ryan is. And... Now you add AJ Brown to the opposite side of that. And now you also add Derrick Henry into the backfield. And Julio Jones, as good as Devontae Freeman was in his time in Atlanta for those few years that he was healthy, he was never as good as Derrick Henry or as good as, you know, Derrick Henry will be this upcoming season. And defensively, that's definitely the weak point of this team for sure. But you go and you draft a, a cornerback. Um, yeah, I'm blinking on his name, Caleb
0: Farley. Caleb
1: Farley, who had the potential at this, you know, to be a top a, early, early in mock drafts to be the first corner taken off the board over Sertan, who I already see as the def- rookie, you know, defensive rookie of the year, or Caleb Farley. Excuse me, not am I thinking of Caleb? Farley? No,
0: uh, you're thinking about JC Horn,
1: JC Horn, who went to Carolina, correct? Mm-hmm. So That was a a very firm pick for them, especially with how late they got him. And you go and you add, oh my goodness. Bud Dupree. Thank you. Bud 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 Dupree. Dupree, Which, their defensive line last season was among the worst in the NFL. I think they ranked either last or second to last against the run. Secondary-wise, they weren't anything special either. Defensively, they just had a bunch of liabilities all over the field. But At least they did something to address that. And even without the run defense, without the secondary, they still won 11 games last season. And now you add Julio Jones to this offense that's only going to make them more dynamic. I can't believe I forgot Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree got one of the biggest contracts this offseason. His name just slipped my mind. But Bud Dupree, I like the signing. I think it was a little bit too much money. But for the fact that they have no Presence on that line they needed to make a splash somewhere so I don't mind I don't mind it too much I do think it was a little bit over uh, overpaid but there was reasons behind it now the Titans should lock this up I think that Wentz does give the Colts a better chance of booming than Philip Rivers did because Carson Wentz's ceiling is higher than what Phillips was last season if you understand what I'm trying to say there but overall I just think the Titans are going to be too much to handle
0: so let's get the first two out of the way. The Texans and Jaguars aren't in this race at all. The Texans, I think they're going to go one and sixteen. You know they brought wow. in Tyrod Taylor, Justin Britt, a good center, Terrence Mitchell, Desmond King. They have done some good things. I actually think this roster is better than last year's roster. But last year's roster was horrible, and the reason they won four wins, the reason they won four games, is because of Deshaun Watson. Yep. Now you're having now you have Tyrod Taylor. And if he's out, Davis Mills, I mean, this team is going to be the worst team in football up there with Detroit. Then you look at Jacksonville, obviously Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, who right now the Jaguars are under investigation by the NFL because they, you know, Urban Meyer said they made some of their cuts based on players vaccination status. So because of that, they're under investigation. I think they're a dysfunctional team on defense, they won't be very good, or on offense. So now let's get to the top: Colts versus Texans. The Titans, Colts versus Titans. Excuse me. The Titans will win this division at eleven and six. The Colts will be nine and eight. Carson Wentz right now is on the COVID list. So is Ryan Kelly. T. Y. Hilton, he's going to be out for a couple for for a while. They don't have a left tackle. They signed Eric Fisher, but he's going to be out for a while because he had a season-ending injury mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And he it, I think it was an ACL or an Achilles, one of those two. But he's going to be out for about a year. They improved their pass which was with Pay. They have Rover Stewart now and DeForest Buckner. I like that. Their defense is going to be fine. Some people may view Carson Wentz as an upgrade over Phillip Rivers, but I don't. Is there a ceiling better with Carson Wentz? Absolutely. But we are missing a key factor when talking about quarterbacks. That's leadership. There's not a guy that is a better leader of men than Phillip Rivers. This guy's a coach now. He's one of the better leader of men that the NFL has ever seen. He is passionate about the game of football. You can't say the same for Carson Wentz. No. Carson Wentz is not the leader. The reason the coach was so good were because, I mean, they had a a good all-around team, but Phillip Rivers rallied everybody. I don't think that is Carson Wentz's personality, and he's injured a lot. So if he gets hurt, and now the Colts have to have Sam Ellinger in there or Jacob Eason, now their season is done. The Titans got Julio Jones, who I think, when healthy, is still a top-three receiver in his league. The only receivers in Julio's class, when healthy, are Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins.
1: No respect to Diggs. Stefan Diggs
0: is not in Julio's class when healthy. Okay.
1: And Tyreek. he's
0: a, he's a tier 2. Yeah, they're tier 2. Okay. They're tier 2. Michael Thomas is I think probably tier 1 as well with those guys. Okay. But I think tier 1 is Julio Hopkins and Devonte Adams. Contrary to belief, I think they improved their defense. They got a new defensive play caller, Bud Dupree Danica Autry, Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons. Jayon Brown is still there. Rashawn Evans is still there. I think he's going to be pretty good. Kevin Bayard. I think Amani Hooker is going to be pretty good at safety. He's going to fill the void. Kenny Vaccaro left. Secondary is their weak point. Janoris Jenkins is their best corner. Caleb Farley, he's a rookie. I don't want to put too much pressure on him. Christian Fulton, he drafted last season. Who knows what he's going to do. The secondary will be the weak part. But I think their offense is good enough to just get 11 wins. I mean, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Anthony Fersker. Offensive line is great. Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill, I think, is going to have an MVP-like season. I think he's going to finish top five in MVP voting because he's going to have such an electric season. Derrick Henry, I think, is going to take less carries this year. And you mentioned Devontae Freeman in Atlanta. These past couple of years in Atlanta, they have had no running game. They were a, a predictable football team. They're going to pass all the time. Now, in Tennessee, worrying about Derrick Henry having to stack the box.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, Julio and A.J. Brown are going to feast on that. Absolutely, They're going to see single coverage. And Julio Jones probably hasn't seen single coverage in since ever, honestly. It's probably the first time ever he's going to see it. You think he'll see singles still? I think it's possible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's possible. And even though Arthur Smith left, I think Todd Downing will do a great job. Coming into the season, I, I come, this offseason, I was worried about the tennis, Tennessee Titans because they lost um, John W. Smith. Mm-hmm. They lost Corey Davis. I thought, okay, they might take a hit. But Julio, he offset all of that. No doubt. So that's why I think the Tennessee Titans are going to go 11-6. and six. I think they will win this division and they should be the favorites by far. I think there are too many question marks with the Colts, and I know the Titans defense took a hit last season, mm-hmm. but 2019 Titans defense versus 2020 Titans defense, the defensive personnel is pretty much the same. Yeah, And their, the 2019 Titans defense was really good. For sure. So I think there was just an off-year bad play call and a bunch of stuff. I'm not sure quite what it was. I just know that, I don't expect him to be a bottom defense again this upcoming season. On to the AFC North. And this does it for our AFC stuff, right? Because we did East already. We did West. Now we did South. On to the AFC North. The Browns, Ravens, and Steelers, and then Bengals. I think off off the bat, the Bengals are not going to win this division. I agree. Joe Burrow coming off an ACL injury. They lost William Jackson, Mackenzie Alexander, Jamar Chase, thus far,
3: doesn't Yikes. look like the
0: fifth overall pick in the draft. Yep. I have them going 5-12 and 12 this year. Okay. And they could win less games. It really depends. So this division is a three-team race between the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns. The Steelers will finish 10-7. and seven. Okay. I-, I think the Steelers are going to be good. I think Mike has never had a losing season as a coach. That that helps a lot. Najee Harris, he's great. Their offensive line has looked good in the preseason so far. They got Joe Schober, and their defense will still be elite. And even though Big Ben is getting a lot of slack for being washed and stuff, Big Ben had a great quarterback season last year, so I think he'll be fine. Next up, the Ravens. I think they go 12-5. and 5. They got Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, Kevin Zeitler, who I think replaces what Marshall Yanda left to an extent, and Alejandro Villanueva at left tackle I think is pretty good. I think they'll be fine as well. I just don't know if I trust that offense. Running-wise, I do, but I think Greg Roman is a stubborn play caller, Mm -hmm. and he's stuck in his ways in terms of running the ball. I don't know. Maybe he can change it this upcoming year, kind of like what Brian Dable did from 2019 to 2020. But I'm not too confident in that. But the Ravens will still be one of the better teams in football. For sure. But the team that will win the division this upcoming season in the AFC North, I think, are the Cleveland Browns. One of the top offenses last year, Kevin Stefanski, is one of the best young play callers in the entire NFL. Defense, last year they weren't a great defensive team, but they signed Malik Jackson, who was part of that 2017 Jaguars, great defensive core they signed Jadavion Clowney, opposite of Miles Garrett, who's already one of the top defensive ends in football. Yep. Anthony Walker signed from the Colts, middle linebacker. They needed one desperately. Then Jeremiah Wusokuramoa, an insanely fast linebacker who can play safety, who can cover receivers, running backs. He's versatile as, as it comes. Then Troy Hill, John Johnson, Greg Newsome. They have filled every single hole they have needed to fill. You look at offense: receivers, tight ends, offensive line, running back, quarterback. You got that down pat. Yep. Defense: defensive line, linebackers, safeties, corners. They have that down packed as well. I think the Browns will be the the best team in the AFC North, and I think they'll be the second best team in the AFC behind the Chiefs. I think the Browns this year they are for
1: real. They are legit. And Browns record you had at thirteen and four. Thirteen and four. All right, so I agree. Bengals will finish last. I believe they'll probably go something around five and twelve. Sounds right. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna give them an extra game. I'm gonna give them a six and eleven. I feel as if Joe Burrow hasn't looked himself. Jamar Chase hasn't looked himself. But I think that we still should not see them be around a five win team. Six is still not great at all. You still go six and eleven. You had a bad year, but. They're in a tough division. They're in one of the more stacked divisions in football. I do believe third place is actually going to be the Ravens. Now, this is kind of, you know, not what everyone else thinks. I just believe that the Steelers have upgraded that offense. Last year, their biggest issue was that they had no run identity at all. They didn't have James Conner because he was in and out of the lineup constantly. He would play the first quarter. He would play stellarly, and then he just missed the rest of the game because he just his body was failing him all season long. But when he played, he was really solid. Now, you bring in Najee Harris, who is a premier back, who will be a premier back in this league, has already shown some flashes of that in preseason. I feel as if now Ben for sure has been is older and, and he's not going to have that same mobility that he has had. But we have also seen this preseason him show some flashes of being able to still get outside the pocket and still make a throw right on the money. I I, I believe you guys can go look at it. It was against the lions. He had a play somewhere like that where pressure, the the, the pockets collapsing. He finds a way to, to manipulate himself out of there, make a throw right, right where the receiver needs it to make the catch. I believe the Ravens are going to finish third, and it's not going to be that the, the the Ravens have a bad season. I think that they're actually going to be eleven. And, uh, I believe it's going to be eleven and six because of the extra game. Eleven and six sounds right to me. I believe defensively they still are, are are very strong. They have one of the better secondaries in the league. I believe their front seven it it it's, it, it is still very good. I believe that it, it is aging though. Campbell Campbell's getting up there in age. Uh, They lost Yannick Ngakwe to free agency. So it's not like they got better as a whole defensively. Offensively, though, I still think that they're going to be the Ravens that we've been prone to seeing these last couple years. I think that Lamar not only will but needs to show improvement with his arm, at least show some kind of flashes to his MVP season where he threw 35 touchdowns that year. And I do want to see him be effective on the ground because obviously he is show, he is show time when he takes off and uses his legs. But I need, I, I not need, I want to see him throw the football and be effective because I'm tired of people saying that he can't do it or that he doesn't want to do it. He has the arm, he, he does have the arm talent. It's just that he's so much more effective with his legs. Why wouldn't you want to to give him the ball and make let him make something happen? Now, to the Steelers, I believe that they're going to be a 12-win team again this season. It they still have one of the best defenses in this league. I still do question their secondary. Joe Hayden is getting up there in age. Cameron Sun is solid. They did lose Steven Steven Nelson, which does hurt. He was and pretty And Mike Kilton. And Mike Kilton as well. Both of them who were very good for them last season. So secondary is my worry for them, but they still have T.J. Watt, who is, according to the NFL Top 100, a top 10 player in this league. I do believe he is a top 10 player in this league, top two defensive for sure. He he impacts the game in so many different ways. Still have Cameron Hayward on this squad. Stephon Tewitt is still on this squad. Uh, Devin, Devin Bush, not Devin White. Devin White plays for the Bucs. Devin Bush was a very good pickup for them last season as well. He made his impact felt immediately. Obviously, they have Minka Fitzpatrick, who is top two, top three safeties in our league. They still have this all-world defense still. So I do believe that they're still going to be very good, and I believe that the run game will keep them in a similar position. But you're 100% right. The Browns are going to be amazing this season. You said it perfectly. They have it all. I'm not going to reiterate what you said. They have an O-line. They have... Probably the best run game in football, and I'm saying that with Derrick Henry being alive. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, both who are pass-catching backs, obviously Kareem Hunt being the more dynamic of the two, but it's not like Nick Chubb can't do it if you asked him to. Now, you get Odell back coming off of ACL, who is more hungry as he's probably ever been in his career, and he's already faced a lot of scrutiny. He's going to want to show that he is an X-factor type player, one that is going to be able to get it done for his squad that's going to translate to wins. Jarvis Landry isn't a slouch. Uh, Njoku's still on the squad. Austin Hooper is has always been a solid, reliable option for them. This team has everything offensively. Then you go look on defensively. Like you mentioned, Miles Garrett is arguably the best pass rusher in football. I guess if you want to count Aaron Donald, uh, Aaron Donald is just the best at everything, sure. Pass pass rushing. It's him, Nick Bosa. Uh, excuse me, him, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. That's really then the list. If you really want to go elites, do you want to count T.J. Watt in that too? Hell yeah,
0: T.J. Uh, Watson. Fair,
1: fair enough. Uh, I back. just, I just because he's an outside linebacker, I figure
0: uh, edge rusher, yeah, edge rusher. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. So then you bring in Jadavian Clowney, who's just going to feast. If whoever you put opposite of Miles Garrett is going to feast, it just helps that it's going to be Jadavian Clowney now. Denzel Ward is one of the best cornerbacks in our league. Definitely one of the fastest, if not the fastest corner in our league. They added John Johnson now, which I felt was the move that put them over the top. They needed some safety help. And you go and you bring in John Johnson, who was excellent for the Rams last season. And you go and you take off, you take away one of the Rams' best secondary players outside of obviously Jalen Ramsey, who is the best corner in the league. And now you bring him onto the Browns. Now they have no holes. I think the only hole would be, would only be linebacker, but with 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 all the talent that they have around them, is jo- did show did Schobert go back to to, oh, to the Schobert's Browns or is he on the Steelers on, he's on Pittsburgh. now? Pittsburgh, the Steelers' linebacker, that front seven is still as good as it as it as it's ever been, probably as good as last season, if not a little bit better. Now you add Schobert. So, it's going to be a very good, a very close race in this AFC North, but I do believe that the Browns get it done. I have them going 13 and 4 as well.
0: Yeah, I think the Cleveland Browns are probably going to win the division. They should, at least on paper. They have the best roster in the division, they have a top five roster in the entire NFL. I think Baltimore, we still have to see more stuff from Lamar Jackson. Pittsburgh, that offensive line, how good is it going to really be? And Cincinnati. We know that Cincinnati is not a good football team, at least right yeah. now. Maybe mm-hmm. in a couple of years, they'll be better. But those are AFC North predictions. And now we finished all our predictions for the AFC, so that's a good sign. Next episode, we'll do the NFC, you know, east, west, south, north, and get that done with, and also uh, maybe NFL pick them to get started Let's go. for week one of the NFL Let's season. Go. So Riv had to leave for this portion of the, of the podcast because he had a game, uh, in the men's league, you know, for his team that hey, he's trying to carry.
1: It. I'm not going to knock it.
0: He's trying to carry his team to victory, so we'll see if he did that. He he thinks he's probably going to lose, though. so you
1: know. They're 0-5. Yeah, they're in so 5 So there's a chance they lose, and apparently they're playing the best team.
0: And apparently they're missing a lot of their players because yeah. some are on vacation and stuff like that. Yep, They don't have a lot of bodies to spare. So this is going to do it for episode 108 of the Pickenside Podcast. If you guys want to join our Discord server, you can buy being a Patreon supporter or having a YouTube membership to our channel by joining, you can join it uh, on the screen right here on YouTube. It's going to have a join button and we're going to do a lot of cool things, man. We're, we're planning on once we have more support on Patreon and YouTube, we're going to do, you know, member and Patreon only live streams yep. where you guys can be in our streams. We'll do episodes that are catered around what you guys want us to talk about. And that's pretty much it. If you want to join our, the fantasy league, the pick fantasy yep. league, you can do the same thing. We have four or three spots open left. Yep. So you know they're gonna probably go by fast because we haven't even promoted it on the podcast yet. Not at all. So now that we promoted it, it probably is gonna get
1: you know filled up. I was thinking we should do an episode strictly for the draft itself because we gotta still organize the draft. It'd be pretty cool if we live stream the draft that we us doing it. In real time.
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a good
1: idea. No, for sure.
0: That's a good idea.
1: And then it gets some of the audience onto the the live stream as well, obviously, that they're going to be drafting with us. So that'll be pretty cool.
0: So that's going to do it for episode 108. We're going to record another episode this Friday, I believe. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.